Thanksgiving Eve. Is there any, there's nothing better. I love it. This is also a, it's a wonderful night to just chill, to do your thing, to relax. As I said before, I really love Thanksgiving because no matter how fun the day itself is, you always know that Christmas is beyond it and you have something else to look forward to. Christmas is a big letdown after it's done because then it's just uh, New Year's Eve is depressing and then after New Year's Eve is just the rest of the winter. (laughs) But we make our own fun over here, don't we, boys and gals? It's also a very dangerous night to go out and party. You have to watch out. Okay, there's a lot of drinking that goes on, a lot of drunk drivers. Uh, It is a huge DUI night. So please be careful. Even if you're responsible, somebody else may just not be. And um, just always remember that. Uncle Frank says, please be careful tonight. Thanksgiving Eve, we're going to be stretching out with the audience on a number of topics. Jay Gulinello is here. We had a last minute... uh, Last minute title change for the show. It was, it had initially been uh, mixed news items, Thanksgiving banter, and Q&A. And now it's JFK, killed by the experts, and Thanksgiving banter. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about how the experts love to kill people. Um... No, I don't know. Maybe they maybe I don't know if they're actually out to kill people, but they definitely kill a lot of people. Their expertise is killing everybody. And Jay Gulinello is here tonight. Jay, happy Thanksgiving, my friend. How you doing? Oh man, we do this a lot, and I love it. So thank you for having me. I'm I'm so happy to be spending it with you and the audience. Is this the is this the this might be the third think, holiday season? I think so. That we're chilling. I think so. I mean, definitely last year, for sure. Yes, and and last year we were already thick as thieves, so I think that this is uh, is probably year three. Yeah. Isn't it incredible? I know. It's out of control how fast it goes. I was always told that when I was younger, it's going to accelerate, and I was like, that's not true. It's true. It's not true. (laughs) You know, it 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 definitely is true, only because I think it's, it's just the responsibility, and it's also the perspective. You get, lo- you get a little bit lost. You're, I, I don't understand how anybody gets bored. Um, boredom, boredom fascinates me. Uh, <laughs> and, and I remember being bored, but as a child, when you, you literally can't do anything, yeah. your, your options are limited, and especially when we really just still had analog, mostly analog toys. Oh, yeah. And we started growing up. You know, we were growing up and coming of age in the, uh, in the era of, of video game uh, consoles and all that stuff, but... Still, most of them were just put your cartridge in, try to beat the the final. <laughs> you, you, you beat the final boss, and then that's it. There's no multiplayer. There's no internet connectivity. You're not you're not ranked. You know, you know some twelve year old kid in Missouri is not ranked nationally on modern warfare. It wasn't anything like that. No, it was super local. You were it was like you your if you had siblings or cousins or something, especially around the holidays. I remember the big thing was like watching other people play video games. Like if you had something like Zelda, right? That was one of my favorites, and you would play that, and other people would, you know, watch you play it. And um, I think I remember, I think I remember when Nintendo came out. I remember asking. I think I asked my parents for it, and I said, "If I, if I get Nintendo, I'll never ask for anything for the rest of my life." I, 
I definitely betrayed that bet, but Nintendo was a big one. That I, was a big one. I um I remember my, my brother was the type that really loved being in a ten, he, you know, he played some games. Anthony played like a lot of Mortal Kombat type games, mm -hmm. but other than that, he loved sitting back in attendance and watching somebody else play Zelda, watching somebody else play Star Fox. There's something fun about that. Yeah, it really is, uh, and it was it was awesome. It was awesome actually having somebody, you know, you know, watching like cheering you. Yeah, it, it became a thing. Yeah, like even when I would play Age of Empires on, on my on my computer, he would sit back and he'd love watching me build. <laughs> you know, build the empire and shit like that. So, oh man, Star Fox. Did you ever play Star Fox on Super I, Nintendo? I don't think so, dude. That was a that was a game changer for graphics and everything, and it also was a game changer for me with the music. Hold on, Star Fox original menu music. What kind of game was it? Oh well, you're you're. It's like a space uh, a space fighter. Oh okay. Uh, you know, star fighter kind of a thing. But so you're out there, you're in space, and you're fighting. What the hell is it? General something, whatever. I have, I have no clue. Forget the the big monkey guy. Anyway, <laughs> they cre they made Starf. They made the this fox, Fox McCloud. He oh. was the main character when he had the, you know this rabbit named Peppy and this this hawk named Falco. Okay, it's coming back to me a little bit now. Okay, okay hold on. Here's the main theme for that. This might be it. Wait a second. I didn't play it, but I but the visuals of the of the character are coming back to me. Well, well. Um, Super Nintendo really changed was was really revolutionary from a technological standpoint. But yeah. when they released Star Star Fox sixty four uh, on N Nintendo sixty four, that mm -hmm. was a whole other level. Yeah. Wait a second. Let me see if this is it. I don't know why it's taking so long to load. I don't. No. Hold on. Did you get the whole score? No, that's, that's not the one I'm looking for. <laughs> Hold on, Star Fox. Is this it? Listen to this shit. Ah. And even the music changed from Nintendo to Super Nintendo. Yeah. No more 8-bit. I think my brother did a remix of this. I think you have a new theme song, Frank. Perhaps. <laughs> Hey, Ant! I don't know if he's out there. Now he probably the doors to his studio is probably closed. Star yeah. Fox, Star Fox original. Wow. Music remix. Uh, Anthony Vincent. I th I thought Anthony did something like that. Wait a second. Anthony, is there, are you are you out there, Ant? <laughs> nah. Anyway, I'll look at that later on. Those well, are classics that they bring back. The, the nostalgia with those kinds of things is unbelievable. Hearing the the old theme songs from any of those old Nintendo games, they bring you right back. Oh, the, the menu music on um, <laughs> the menu music on on uh, like uh, what's it called? Goldeneye. Sure, sure. Uh, Even like the the old Tecmo Bowl and Tecmo Baseball and the sports games. Yeah, all of them. I love it. I yeah. love it. Uh, yeah. Hold on, I'll do. I'll just do one more because it's it's Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, and your website has a bit of like a has a bit of that sort of vi old video game vibe, right? Like some of the fonts you choose. I've, I've noticed that about you for a long time, especially the, the sort of revamping of it. it. It gives me that old video game vibe. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I you, you know, have you ever gone to see a movie at, um, have you ever gone to see a movie at the Alamo Draft House? No. In Yonkers? No. Dude, we got to go. Um, it, they, they play all like old movies too, not just uh. new ones. So you can, even if you don't like new 
releases there's always classic films played there okay. and they they serve you food and drink and they have oh, wow. they have very very strict no talking no texting policy so they boot everybody out it, it's fantastic how a, do they even survive in today's day and age? no i mean, dude this is why people who are serious about watching films they flock to places like this because they know at least it's not going to be new rochelle oh very cool where you know okay. you're, you're you know it's like a yeah. like a playground free for all yeah ridiculous but anyway um what was I going to say? Um, oh, well, anyway, they, they have a very VHS, culty, weird kind of opening to everything. Mm. So they'll take, if you go to see Star Wars or something like that, mm. uh, as a preview, they will pull all of these old, old toy commercials. They'll pull all this stuff, this nostalgic. Wow. It, it's very, very cozy. Yeah. It's almost like you want to fix the tracking on the VCR again. <laughs> yeah. You know? Sure. I got to get rid of the snow. Oh, man. It, it, so I love going back into the, dipping into that feeling and maybe introducing that feeling to kids that, uh, to generations that never understood it. That will never know it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I like that idea. So I'd, I'd be down if there's a, if there's a movie to check out there, count me in. Okay. Well, let me hear. Listen to this. Let's see. Listen to this. Listen to this. Yeah. This is the menu music like 1995 or 6. <laughs> What's it? That's fucking badass, man. This Still. is the four-player version, right? It's, it's, yeah. That's the, I mean, it's still yeah. badass after, yep. after all these decades. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. I don't know. That's like 96, 97, something like that. It's a good time of year for that kind of nostalgia. It is. It is because, yeah. you know, this time of year is when everybody... When we were both, we were all in middle school and stuff. This is when we were going through the Macy's catalog, J.C. Penney catalog, with our our, our our red our red markers. <laughs> Make the list. Just circling things in the in the toy section yeah. that you want to, and of course you circle every other thing, <laughs> and you're upset when you don't get it. <laughs> I, only, uh, I only got seventy five percent of the things I circled. Right, right. I, I, damn. Yeah. Why? You know, I, I really shafted this year. <laughs> I only, I only wanted. It's pretty cheap. I only wanted five full pages of the <laughs> J.C. Penny Anyway, okay, so we got a lot to talk about tonight. We do. I just want to thank my sponsors at QuiteFrankly.tv, the um, all the affiliates there, including Blue Monster Prep. It's time to just go shopping for everybody. Everybody, that's right. On Friday, there's going to be some Black Friday sales for merch. Uh, there's going to be Cyber Monday sales for, uh, quite frankly, coffee. There's going to be a lot of things going on. So remember, we are a perfect place to stock um, where we stock stocking stuffers. Say that eight times nope. fast. But um, now over into the grab bag we go. Hey, J Jay, what do you think about this? We talk about these pharmaceuticals all the time, but this one is very odd. I know about loss, this is here, after antidepressants, a loss of sexuality. This is from Yahoo a couple of weeks ago, and now I've heard about people who go on, you know, uh, uh, medication to stop hair loss and other things that they'll, that they'll be told that there's sexual side effects for this and that. I, I know across the board, antidepressants, antipsychotics, those types of things, they're always, that always comes part of it. Um, in fact, a lot of different things seems to be uh, affecting that area. But this is something, listen to the severity of this. 
Doctors and patients have long known that antidepressants can cause sexual problems, no libido, pleasureless orgasms, numb genitals. Well over half of people taking the drugs report such side effects. Now a small but vocal group of patients is speaking out about severe problems that have endured even long after they stopped taking the selective serotonin oh. reuptake, so the SSRIs. Oh dear. The most popular type of antidepressants, the SSRIs, the drug's effects have been devastating, they said, leaving them, un leaving them unable to enjoy sex or even sustain romantic relationships. Wow. Listen to this one from one Emily Gray, a 27-year-old in Vancouver, British Columbia. She took one of those drugs, Celexa, for depression from age 17 to 23. She said, my clitoris feels like a knuckle. A knuckle, what? <laughs> Uh, it's not a normal thing to have to come to terms with. So, no, so no. on it for obviously like, you know, six years. Oh man. That's a, that's a long time, but to have that feel like a knuckle. I mean, the question is also, right. Did it work? Because I mean, I, I've said this to you before and I think I've even said it on the show that my, one of my professors had said he, the most he had ever seen anybody on in terms of number of pharmaceuticals was like. 17 or something I mean out of and this poor woman was in her 30s and he said it would be one thing if that was all working right and making but she still felt like shit 17 drugs and she still doesn't feel right so he said I don't know if I'm examining you or the result of these the interactions of all these pharmaceuticals so my question for this person is I mean not that you would ever want a knuckle feeling clitoris but are you depressed anymore I mean because I, and I'm not even being I'm not even joking. I mean, I'm, I'm really asking is that, did that drug actually do what it was supposed to do? Because then you can at least begin to weigh the trade-off. But a lot of these drugs don't actually pull people out of what they're supposed to. And then all you're left with is side effects. Mm. It's terrible. It's amazing. I know. Uh, they, they, they said, uh, let me see here. Uh, the chronic conditions remains contested among some psychiatrists who point out that depression itself can curb sexual desire, which of course... Well, isn't that a perfect solution? I mean, well, you can't tell if it's the drug or not, so just keep taking the drug. Right. Well, it's saying, well, it, 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 what maybe uh, it, it could just be that maybe the drug didn't work, but the drug wasn't the reason why you don't have any sensation. I, I don't know. No Clinical trials have not followed people after they stopped the drugs to determine whether such sexual problems stem from the medications. Yeah, of course not. Uh, I think it's depression recurring under proven otherwise. That is what it is, said Dr. Anita Clayton. That's, can you, the, 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 can you, the, the balls to say something like that? The, what does it do to balls? I don't know. I was going to say, you know, God knows what she's done to people's balls. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a sort of wash your hands of everything attitude. Um, it's, and it's not just with antidepressants, it's with other drugs too. But, um, and you know, I'll tell you, man, there's a lot of research out there that shows nutraceuticals are even more even more or as beneficial as a lot of these drugs without any of the side effects because essentially you're just restoring normal at least in terms of how much of depression you can allocate towards brain chemistry it's at least restoring proper brain chemistry yeah um i would at least want to start there right but the problem is right that we all suffer from this western medicine form of just treating the symptom and we don't really want to address the root cause which is why drugs are always the first line treatment and that's just something that I'm, you know, completely against. Right. Uh, I mean, I I guess there would have to be a lot of follow-up interviews, but yeah. I, I think they know what the hell's going to be under that rock. Right, which is why they don't do the research. Right, exactly. Time. Well, here, here's another one for you. This one's from Florida, so 
The Florida man throws package of Oreos at wife while arguing over empty coffee maker. <laughs> Officials said, you know... Why is this a headline? <laughs> I, it, I, it, it, a headline on Fox as well. But you know, it would not have been a headline, ladies and gentlemen, if they had just kept, quite frankly, Elevation Roast stocked. That's true. In the house. You gotta. You know? You, job one. <laughs> Would this guy have flown off the handle like this? Uh, but here, listen to this. I mean, this. that is all Oreos are good for, but... <laughs> oh, now, tell me something. It, you know, when, New, when Paul Newman's line came out, <laughs> everybody's like, Frank, you got to try Newman's O's. Mm. It's organic. They're better than Oreos. Um, I got to say, I remember them being tasting better for some reason, but they're not any... And are they any real different chemically? <laughs> You know, it's so interesting. There's a brand of, I don't want to, I have no affiliation with this brand, but there's a brand of candy out there, Unreal, and they make candied versions of all your favorites. And the thing is, candy would be okay as a treat and all of those things if they were just made with your regular ingredients, right? Like cream and sugar and those kinds of things. The problem with massive, you know, corporations is that they're trying to eliminate the input cost. So they're using things like seed oils and they're using dyes and all of these things in Oreos. So I actually don't know what Newman's was made of. I actually don't know. I should look it up and see, but I mean, that's really what it comes down to. If mm. you're going to have candy, you're going to have sugar. But the question is... Where'd it come from? Yeah, and what's the rest of the ingredient in the, you know, in the in the cookie? But the unreal candy is actually just straight up sugar, which again, totally fine if you're if you're you know on Halloween or something. But it's how much you're eating of it, because even the unreal candy, or even with just sugar, if you're having it for breakfast, you know, it's it's still a no no. Yeah, yeah. Here uh, he, and he said, uh, well, well, I mean, there's nothing about the actual the nutritional the chemical breakdown of Oreos in this story. <laughs> but uh, to continue on with it a little bit, because it's, it's really incredible. This guy, his name is John Sandoval. He's 70 years old. He was arrested on Saturday morning after he allegedly threw the package of Oreo cookies at his wife while the two argued over their coffee maker that had no water in it. Um, according to Lake County Sheriff's de deputies, the couple who had been married for 40 years got into a verbal <laughs> argument sitting at a table. Say no more. <laughs> now, at some point, this is the... I mean, this is, you should never do this, obviously, assault your wife with anything. Especially Oreos. Especially Oreos. <laughs> because, but listen to this. At some point, Sandoval became aggressive and threw the package of Oreos at her chest, which caused her to fall. Can you imagine getting bowled over? By, it, by an, a package of Oreos that got thrown at your chest? I mean, that... They were double stuff, obviously. It's got, I mean, you gotta be. You there's gotta be some more... You, you can't knock over a human being. How do you <laughs> knock over a person? I mean, he must have thrown this, like, yeah. he must have a cannon, or she just must be... Frail? Very frail. Yeah. Or maybe she was leaning back in her chair. I mean, I think we're getting to the heart of why this was a story, right? I mean, <laughs> I think people probably sling Oreos all day long, but why is this actually a story? She fell over? Did she hurt herself? What's no, next? No, no. They, they didn't observe any obvious injuries oh. on the woman. No no obvious injuries. She must have called the police? I see, You see, if you and I <laughs> were assigned this story... <laughs> I have so this, many questions. This, this piece would look totally different. Yeah. yeah now, yeah. I mean, what happened can be encapsulated in two sentences. But I want to know exactly how... I, I want to interview her. What did the impact feel like? How did yeah. you fall? Did you fall over because of the Oreos? Did you trip in the process? Mm -hmm. There's got to be something else here. Yeah. It has to be. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd also say that he actually saved her from eating the Oreos. I mean, he, he, you know, you're going to fare better with taking a sleeve of Oreos to the chest than you are digesting those yeah. things. So he probably actually did her a favor, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to get hate mail for that. No, 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 no. no. Well, sure. You know, especially if she was like pre-diabetic, she didn't need it. No, no. All right, uh, let's start this one off. We'll come back, and I want to—it's uh, it's the 60th anniversary of JFK's assassination, so mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about that. We have other things that we're going to be mixing into the uh, into the first hour here. We have a dynamite second hour uh, that are that's lining up, so get ready to bounce over to the uh, the foxhole or pill.net. All those links are in the description always, um, and uh, and also on I put them out there on Twitter and truth and gab and getter and all that or you can go to quite frankly.tv and just press play second hour is going to be just as good if not better than the first so stick around with us ladies and gentlemen we're we're jumping in feet first tonight it's thanksgiving eve be right back It's enough to get me to the boiling point! You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! You know, before we do anything, actually, I gotta say, and, and this just popped up last night. I started getting, I started getting lit up on, uh, on the Gilded. Uh, Jim Lee was our second half guest on Monday evening, and I asked him about Dutch Sense, uh, the the earthquake forecasting web uh, website and the the channel, very popular. I'm a fan of the channel. Well, I asked him about uh, Dutch Dutch's very public exit from doing earthquake forecasting and Jim more or less expressed a little bit of skepticism at the uh, the exit being law enforcement related and more so based in melodrama that's just how the conversation went anyway uh, Jim had predicted that there there would probably be some kind of a return to streaming or a fundraiser in the months to follow and then a grand return well I got lit up about nine o'clock last night um, in the Gilded and in also an email from certain people, uh, about a half a dozen people in in an uh, email alone who saw Dutch go live last night for an earthquake stream, immediately deleting the stream afterwards. 
So there was some activity over there. And uh, so I was getting emails all night. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that Jim Lee was right. I expected it to be weeks down the line, not not hours. So I don't know. I, did, I didn't see it. And again, I'm a fan of Dutch's channel, but that was crazy to see him dip back in, not, not even a couple of days later. Hmm. All right, so here's what we have over here, Jay. Um, first one up is Catherine Herridge over at CBS. Listen to what she said two nights ago. Thank you, Jerika. CBS News has obtained a security alert suggesting an increasing terrorist threat to New York State. The New York State Intelligence Bulletin points to Israeli operations against Hamas and specifically that the increase in civilian casualties raises the likelihood that violent extremist threat actors will seek to conduct attacks against targets in the West, with New York State being a focus. The alert says possible targets include protests and other public events. Police in New York maintaining a highly visible security presence around potential targets like synagogues. And while there's no specific or credible threat, security for this week's Thanksgiving Day Parade is at a high level with the full deployment of thousands of New York City police officers. The Intelligence Bulletin emphasizes that anti-Palestinian chatter has also been observed on multiple social media channels with pro-Israeli advocates calling for violence against Palestinians and those who support them. The greatest threat threat comes from lone actors who take inspiration from violent rhetoric, much of it online. Today, New Yeah, always remember. The greatest threat is from lone actors. Yes. From lone actors who take, um, you know, who hear, hear and see things. They act on their own. They do not represent the whole. Unless, of course, they are white Christians. <laughs> and <laughs> the then, greatest and then threat a, to the homeland. And then, of course, it's just, you know, tale as old as time. Wow. I, so isn't you know I I I, lo I saw this getting passed around the other night, Jay, and I said to myself, "Yeah, we're back, baby." Yeah, we just took a step back in dude, time, didn't we? Dude, I, dude, back in time, <laughs> back into time. Yeah, what the hell? I, I cannot believe they're bringing us back here. And it's almost as if just indiscriminately allowing millions of people to flood over your open borders is a bad idea. It it makes no. Who knew? It, it, you know, it, it's like. Uh, Going through it the first time, there was a little bit of anxiety, especially when you're younger, too young to ask certain questions. You start having your own, you start wondering what the hell is really going on in the world, how it's being worked against us, mm. or how we fit into the, the greater plot there. Are these things that happen to us really just organic? Are there you know groups of people out there who just want to do us harm because they hate our freedoms, this and that? But at least back then, even though there was anxiety and, uh, and there, was, uh, there was vigilance, there was also a little bit more of a looseness in society where we could um, we could we could like band together a little bit more, mm -hmm. at least embrace the flag and call a spade a spade. And now now they're bringing us back to the place where the terror is imminent. But don't you dare see something and say something and make any kind of definitive statements on who's doing it. Right. You know, it, it's just like you, now you're jumping from one foot to the next. We still have they're still trying to keep the, the fear in the background. Mm -hmm. But now you can't even stay on, on on even footing where you can look across the person to your right or left and know that at least we're all seeing the same thing. It's uh, it's nuts. Well, I mean, the gaslighting is out of control from the media. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it, right? Because that's a that's a great tactic if you want to divide the population. Because, I, I mean, I remember, you know, obviously being considerably younger during 9-11, and there did seem to be a galvanizing... Now, it wasn't always galvanizing in a, in a positive way. I mean, I saw a lot of really ignorant people doing a lot of ignorant things in the wake of 9-11. 
but it's 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 different now and i think it's such an appropriate day to talk about this i mean you go back to the kennedy assassination and if you doubted the original or the of the the official narrative the warren commission you were a conspiracy theorist, right? That, that that term had been around, but it was sort of really rolled out in order to... I always call these things that I wanted to go through with you real quick, thought-terminating points, right? They just, they don't allow you to think any further anymore because for fear of being labeled X, Y, or Z. After 9-11, if you questioned even just something as simple as, hey, you know, why did that third building fall down? You're unpatriotic, right? You got labeled unpatriotic. Um, you and and anti-science. Oh, right. Well, that, that was the anti-science back then. Sure, exactly. Yeah. And then if you want to go fast forward to, to 2020, if you dare question the fact that, you know, there was a wet market in uh, Wuhan, but there was also this lab that did all kinds of work exactly on those particular viruses, you know, you were you are anti-science. You are a science denier. Then you can even look at that summer, right? George Floyd, a perfect example. You said it the other night. A guy who was not a, not a nice guy, a bunch of drugs in his system, didn't deserve to die. All those things can be true in the same sentence, but if you even question the narrative, you are a racist. And then you go to, say you were a guy who or a girl who took every single inoculation under the sun. You loved them. You wore t-shirts with them, you know, but you question this particular one for COVID because, I don't know, there wasn't adequate safety testing. Again, you're a science denier. You're anti-vax. If, if, if Ukraine and Russia, you want to say, oh, I just, you know, I just want the killing to stop. Can we just end the death? You're a Putin puppet. Yeah. If you look at uh, Israel-Gaza, if you even question, why did it take so long for the IDF to respond? That's really kind of strange. You're anti-Semitic. You see how it's always these thought-terminating cliches. The media uses them, and then they get the public to use them against each other, and then they don't have, they don't really have any more work to do. Meanwhile, the truth of the matter, which is really all anybody's trying to get to by asking the questions is is completely abolished and i can relate it to what i do frank if i talk about cholesterol and i've done this many times where i pull up actual medical literature and i say let's talk about the mechanism of x y or z let's let's go through it because if you're really trying to get to the truth of the matter then you would want all the facts on the table and you would want to bring in dissenting opinions because you would bounce those things off and especially in the scientific method every semester in school my job was to defend my position with evidence against other classmates who had a different opinion, right? Uh, except this time, it, it turns into something, I don't know, it just, it just makes it really hard to ever get to the truth of a matter, I guess is what I'm saying. Because yeah. these labels, they just prohibit the very thing that we need to get to the truth of the matter, which is conversation. But if you, but you, you have to see the, the tricks being played. And anytime anybody uses these terms, and that, that was what I was going to say. Sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. Cholesterol. I've been actually called a cholesterol denier. <laughs> what are you talking about? A cholesterol denier? No, I'm trying to get to the truth. But so for the audience, anytime you hear people use these terms, understand that one, it's not worth your energy arguing with them because you're not going to get through them because they've been manipulated by this gaslighting. But two... You know, for your own sake, just steer clear of people who use those terms. Because I don't know anybody who's truly interested in the truth that reduces complex arguments down to, you know, sort of simple words like this. Oh, I know. I don't know anybody that does that. Anybody who's really looking for truth. Oh, I know. And, and, and to your point with JFK, uh, because this is all, it's all part of the same timeline of events. It's just been going on forever now. That's that's really where this this kind of conversation 
uh, ending terminologies were, were really rolled yeah. out in force. Yeah. Um, I, and at this point, it's pretty common knowledge now that the CIA and intelligence agencies like that actually controlled and, and created buzzwords like conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. to be something that really just stops the conversation in its tracks. Yeah. And, um, and this was at the same time that they were actually investing in the proliferation of certain theories. Mm. Um, you know, they were they were debunking their own lies about JFK, yeah. uh, just just to be able to add more information into the the sphere there. And and what is it really all about? We live in a world where still there is a need because there are so many billions more of us than it is to the thousands of them, right. the people who are really. Who are really running the show? We're talking about we're talking about a tip of thousands, maybe, mm-hmm. and then and just just so much delegation and uh, it, it's it's really uh, impressive yeah. the, the 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 actual hierarchy and the power structure. But the reason why this continues and we get these we get these you know these uh, these false dichotomies and and we get put in these labyrinths and like trapped like rats is because there still needs to be if they're going to live on a planet where they're outnumbered in the billions mm. um at least the hundreds of millions then they're going to have to be able to keep up to a believable level this tradition of consent where the public has been kept in the loop of what's going on in the world and this is what's at stake and we need to get behind this and and we're we're, we're letting you know the whole story and and this is you know the, and this is the information you have to act on and that's why we we get this shit because nothing is in our best interests and uh, if, if we ever really knew that, if most people ever really knew the truth and they knew that that's where their money is going and that's why their life may not be as easy as it, it could be otherwise if they weren't uh, jumping through somebody else's um, arbitrary hoops, then th- th- there might be some street justice in order. So Yeah, and you see the same thing with, with the release of the, or at least some of the additional hours of the January 6th tapes. You know, it, it's, it's always in an effort to, do you remember when, I think it was Chris Cuomo. Which one was the CNN anchor? They're both the same to me. Chris, yeah. You remember when he told you that About you, the DNC leaks? Yes. <laughs> and you weren't allowed to read them? That's our job? Or Mika Brzezinski, who at one point said, you know, Donald Trump is trying to, you know, train you, you know, what to think. That's our job. You know, like every once in a while they say, they say the quiet part out loud. They tell you exactly um, what they're doing. And I, I don't know, maybe that's part of the gig. Uh, what did you find the clip? Listen, <laughs> I, I, I got this up in record time. Also interesting is remember, it's illegal to possess uh, these stolen documents. It's different for the media. So everything you learn about this, you're learning from us. And in full disclosure, let's take a look at what is in there and what it means. Joining it's us- illegal to possess these documents <laughs> except for us. We cont- I mean, that is just a lie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, a, it, again, again, for those of you who don't remember, this is this is <laughs> also. <laughs> Interesting is remember, it's illegal to possess uh, these stolen documents. It's different for the media. So everything you learn about this. It's not illegal to click on a hyperlink. Unbelievable. Um, uh, Chris, sorry. And, th- and this clown still plays journalist on television. Fucking meathead. He's on some channel. But I mean, every time I look at him, I just kind of laugh. I'm like, man, you, you couldn't even hack it on CNN. <laughs> what does that say about your journalistic integrity? I know. But, I know. Yeah, it's, you know, on January 6th, same thing. Like, I, I, I work with somebody, Frank. I mean, when you talk about the media, right, I, I really... I didn't quite understand when Trump was saying the media was you know, fake news and I didn't like that phrase at first, but he was right. And when he says enemy of the people, he's right. 
the, I mean, the level of gaslighting is just off the charts. So I work with a guy who, who at one point just so cavalierly had said, like he was telling me the sky was blue. He said, saying something, and then he said, you know, like during the insurrection, like it would, like it's just a matter of fact. There's no because he is so steeped in only like he reads the Washington Post and thinks that he's an an educated consumer of news. But that's the brilliance and the simplicity of the takeover of the American mind, right? Dude, the fact that we're still to this day, since we're talking about JFK, uh, it's the 22nd of of November, 60 years later. The fact that every November 22nd, somebody will come out and multiple people will publish things, you know, kind of playing footsie with debunking the magic bullet theory or uh, Oswald being the, the, the one and only person that was behind this plot. It is, it's so incredible because for anybody who just wants to know that they're lying to you about the biggest things. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing bigger than the murder of a president. Who was supposed to be the voice of the people. In, in, in plain day. Mm-hmm. Okay. In day, plain daylight right there. There's nothing bigger than that. It, it's one thing to lie about Donald Trump, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, mocking disabled reporters. Or making a big deal out of, oh, he's throwing paper towels in Puerto Rico at people like it's a, you know, it's a football game or something like that. It's one thing just to be stupid ninnies and all that shit, but to kill, to murder a president in broad daylight, that's pretty big. And after all these years, for the media to still be kind of playing footsie with the, did it happen? What's the magic bullet theory? And what do the naysayers say? And what do the officials say? There's not, forget about the officials and the naysayers. We have a video that shows President Kennedy clutching his throat after he got a shot through the neck first and then having his head blown off from a second trajectory, from a different point. Mm -hmm. There are two bullets that we saw hit him at least. It's just- I'll tell you, man. uh, So so for your audience that doesn't know this, this is, this goes way back for me. So I'm, uh, this is like the other obsession of mine besides, you know, music and and nutrition. This is kind of where I started in high school. I read, if you are interested in the Kennedy assassination, but you don't have time to go through all the things, there's one book you need to read. It's the book that I read in high school and it was revamped. It was Jim Mars Crossfire. That book is incredible. Incredible. It re, I mean, he's, he was one of the last great American journalists. He died in 2017. He used to host, um, he used to host Infowars with Alex Jones. Like the, he, he would, he'd appear a lot on coast to coast too. Yes. Just an amazing guy. I love him. So and if you go, you know, do yourself a favor and look up his talks on 9-11, look up his talks on everything. The guy was just a real old school journalist. But anyway, I read his book. And so it, that put me at odds with my high school history teacher. Because our history book said Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone assassin of President John F. Kennedy. And, then, and I just simply said, well, he never made it to trial. So at least we have to call him the alleged assassin. Mm-hmm. At, at the very least legally, <laughs> How right? How fucking dare you? And she, yeah, she was, you know, she was very nice. But she just sort of was like, there, there, silly young boy. Don't, mm. don't try to think for yourself too much. And, I, and that set me off. I think, I think that explains a lot about my life. <laughs> you know, that just set me off on this, like, this journey to just understand. So, so again, for your audience, I, I was actually going to be in Dallas today. My goal was to be in Dealey Plaza and do like a live stream for you guys and just show you around. And I'm still going to do it. I just, 
I had some car problems that cost me some money, so I couldn't afford the trip. But anyway, you were gonna drive to Texas? No, no, no. no. But I just had to spend so much money on the Jeep, okay, I couldn't okay. afford to get down. I was gonna say, jeez. <laughs> but I mean, I would. Uh, but no, I was gonna stay down there, and I was gonna walk Dealey Plaza because I've never actually been there. Although I feel like I have because I've seen it from every angle, every video. Um, but just to highlight your point, Frank, about the the experts, and I know we're gonna get into this in the second half. I just I told you this. No, before. we're gonna do this. Like we're gonna we're gonna start that right now, and it'll lead us into the second half. Okay. So so, so really air out on it and and we'll take the next 20 minutes however we can okay so just this morning i'm watching i don't watch the mainstream news but i get clips you know just to keep an eye on them <laughs> but there was like a supposed conservative you know america first news network and they brought on of course today everyone's going to wheel out all these old fossils who have something to say about the kennedy assassination only on november 22nd you never hear about them any other day they never read about it they never think about it they never you know but oh it's november 22nd we got to come out and tote the party line so they drag out this old fossil i can't remember his name not even worth knowing He's going on and on again about how the Oliver Stone movie was a bunch of crap. And if you want to really read a good book, read Gerald uh, Posner's, uh, who's just, he's just an establishment hack. He wrote a book called, I can't even remember the name of it. Anyway, Case Closed. That's what it was called. Lone Assassin guy. And the host of the show, put, not really pushing back, agreeing with him, saying, yeah, you know, and, and there's a Pruder film, which is the only real f sort of full-length version of the assassination that we have that Frank was referring to. Um, that was shot by Abraham Zapruder, that film uh, doesn't show a second gunman. Well, okay, I mean, the, the, if you watch the film, the film was focused only on... It doesn't show the first gunman on, either. Only on the limousine, so unless the gunman was in the limousine, which is a theory by some people, which I don't buy into. I don't but, do. but But, but it's, of course it doesn't show that. And the guy, the expert... On television, on national television, says, you're right, it doesn't show any of the other gunmen. It only shows Lee Harvey Oswald. And I was like, wait a minute. Was it a... Was it, <laughs> wait, wait, but, but was he... Was that just like a, a slip of the tongue? Does he, he, know, I, he knows that that's impossible, right? But this is my thing, right? So I don't know. Obviously, I can't get inside his head. But, it's, but, but the problem is one of two things. Either he's truly ignorant, right? And I mean, that's just an egregiously false statement. But my concern is that people who, again only bring this topic up on November 22nd, they go, oh, well, I mean, there was a, I mean, they have, you know, they'll think that, the, they'll think there's actually evidence against Oswald. By the way, there were also no fingerprints found on the rifle. Those fingerprints didn't come until later. And if you look at uh, the interviews done with the, the mortuary, uh, the, the undertaker who was preparing Lee Harvey Oswald's body, he said that FBI agents, after Oswald was assassinated on Sunday, FBI agents showed up to the funeral home and basically fingerprinted Oswald because they didn't have a palm print on the rifle. And he had to scrub the ink off of Oswald's dead hand in order to bury him for his family. So that's where the only palm print came on the rifle that supposedly was used to assassinate the president. See, I, I didn't even know that. This is what I'm saying. This is I love this stuff, and I've got a million of those. But but anyway, that's one of the biggest ones, right? And you can you can I think the guy just died recently. But if, again, if you want if you want an amazing book on this topic and it interests you, it's a, it's a fast read. It's a thick book, but it's a quick read. Crossfire by Jim Mars, or go on YouTube and look up any of his lectures. He's he's brilliant on the matter, and he actually lived in Dallas. There's pictures of Jim Mars dancing at the Carousel Club, which is the club that Jack Ruby owned. Jack Ruby is the eventual assassin of. Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm -hmm. um, 
pretty amazing. The guy lived in Dallas and he was a college kid at the time, so he just kind of fell in love with the whole thing because it was his neighborhood. He knew the people involved. Does he? Does Mars ever go into the body switch myth with the Officer Tibbets down in Texas? He do, he doesn't go into that very much, I don't think. Um, but the I mean, the Tippett murder is another bizarre thing. Different it's, slugs found. And I know. Different witnesses seeing two men at the scene. Um, it's it's debatable as to what Tippett was even doing there. Um, yeah, very strange. The whole I mean, the whole thing is is bizarre. The one thing that is not true is the official narrative. Just like 9-11. The one thing, the only thing that is a conspiracy is the is the Warren Commission or is the 9-11 Commission. Boy, these commissions really suck, don't they? They do. January 6th Commission. I mean, they're all terrible. They do. Right? They're all made to gaslight the public, to put them to bed, to tuck them in at night with a warm glass of milk and say, there, there, little American, don't think too hard. We'll take care of everything for you. So, you know, that's just my, that's my spiel on, on the Kennedy assassination. It's something I... I love to pieces and I wasn't even alive, but I feel like I have an emotional attachment to it. Maybe because I feel like I understand the the historical implications of what that day in Dallas did for the country. And the fact that you said they could do it in broad daylight is is shocking. It is. It is shocking. I think that's the craziest thing. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find Bill Hicks's uh his, his JFK, JFK uh, segment for the second half. We can open up with that yeah. somewhere. All right. Well, you know, well, let's get into this because that same mindset, take it outside of that one category and put it into other industries and what we're, what's going on right now. Yeah. Um, I know I, I have Thanksgiving stuff to do in the second half. I have. Oh, a yeah. Lot. It's Thanksgiving Eve. I forget. You remember <laughs> that? I, I, I even have a hypothetical I want to throw your way. Okay. Um, it's going to be good. Uh, but, but. Here's the first thing. It's something that you had seen too. We were talking about maybe using this as a as a uh, a launching point for other conversations tonight, but obviously we had other things that we can start with and now it's leading us to this. The US life expectancy data proves experts are literally killing us. This is from the New York Post. It's a great article. America's public health. Do you have any uh, excerpts that you want to jump to in particular? No, it's and it's not very long either. America's public health experts somehow missed the biggest crisis in recent history, the cratering of U.S. life expectancy to nearly three-decade lows. Per recent data from the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. That's right, the last time Americans on average were living shorter lives than they are today was in 1996. The drop puts us in the top six biggest declines globally and leaves us overtaken by almost every other developed nation. We are 34th in the world on this metric, down 24 places since 2003. Wow. Yeah. That's behind Croatia, Colombia, and China. So while Americans actually base level health was getting steadily worse and worse, aren't scientific betters? We're demanding universal masking and vaccine mandates, closing our businesses, shutting our schools, and letting the elderly die isolated in hospitals and care homes. The experts demanded these measures to stop COVID. Not only did they fail on that front, they ended up masking what clearly is a far larger and deeper threat. Given our high rates of alcohol consumption, something social, uh, something social isolation can worsen, these measures may even have had a hand in lowering life expectancy. And here's the end of it right here. Worse, one researcher doing work parallel to the OECD, what's that, OECD? They're the ones who had the statistics about the life expectancy. Okay. On the issue that the data show that the premature deaths among Americans are much larger and older public health issue is previously believed than the older um, 
and the older public health issues previously. Uh, yet as heart disease and obesity ravaged this country, our elite public health institutions shouted that racism is a public health crisis, <laughs> made sure that adolescents could get cross-sex hormones, and handed out free needles to drug addicts. In other words, expert opinion yet again completely missed the central problem. It's not kids feeling weird about their bodies or people going unmasked on beaches. It's huge numbers of Americans dying early due to general ill health. Catastrophic errors like these are an inevitable result of politicizing science. I feel like I wrote that. I know. <laughs> it, it, it actually sounds like one of the, the, the Jay Gulanello one-minute one health breaks. But, I mean, what a great article, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it really... And they don't tread lightly on some of those topics. They really don't. I mean, they hit COVID. They hit the whole you know, gender bending thing we're trying to do to kids. I mean, they really hit a lot of it, but heart disease, again, still being the number one killer. So the curiosity factor to me, I mean, this is everything, this is everything that I do, everything that I stand for. Every, every day I get up and I think about educating people, it's because I want them to be aware that let's just do the lowest hanging fruit first. The lifestyle modifications, all the stuff that we talked about at the retreat, you have no idea how profoundly impactful. As I said earlier, when you were talking about SSRIs, they have a ton of downsides. And for some people, they may help. But I'm telling you, there's other ways. So don't let those at least be the first line treatment. Get your house in order, right? How is heart disease still the number one killer? Yet statins, which are designed to lower cholesterol, are a $1 trillion industry. Clearly, it's not working. The paradigm is wrong. But we can't even admit it. Why? Because of this appeal to authority. This desire to feel better about ourselves by just allowing to, uh, uh, I guess, outsourcing our common sense, right? And in my opinion, and there's the last thing I'll say on this, Frank, the, 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 the higher up the food chain you go, like to an Anthony Fauci level, the more ass you have to kiss, the more pockets you've got to grease, I actually trust you less because we don't live in a meritocracy anymore, you know? So it's almost like the public can look at the people who are at the highest end of the food chain and automatically assume that they don't have your best interest at heart. That's where we are. I understand that's cynical, but we if you want to survive, you can either believe the best in everybody or you can deal with the reality that we all are presented with. Yeah. And that is that you've got to take control of your own health. And so I don't make money off of, you know, the things that I recommend to people by and large. You know what I mean? Like if I tell you to go out and get a supplement, maybe it's a company I can get you a discount on, but I'm not make that's not how I make my living. I try to make my living by educating people and then eventually they run with all the information on their own and they don't need me anymore. But see, I I create planned obsolescence for my own, you know, for my own practice. But the pharmaceutical model, the Western medical model is forever need. Yeah. You, you always need us. You'll never be free of us. You are only healthy if you take our pills, if you take our injections, if you take our advice. And I, I just say, listen, it's it's time to do something different because, you know, this generation is expected to live less, um, live shorter lives than the previous generation. That's That shouldn't be the case. No. No, and so. I, I, you know, it, what you bring up there makes me think of, A, it's very reminiscent of, of the way that people start kind of rolling their eyes when they hear about uh, affirmative action mm. because what, what does that really do for anybody thinking that you if you were if you help you got any kind of state assistance based on you checking any kind of a box whether it be because of who your your grandparents were your ethnicity the, I mean your sexuality whatever the hell it is um, automatically 
they're, you're carrying around a so-called achievement for the rest of your life that is going to be questioned. There's going to be an asterisk on it for everything. And you're creating an asterisk society. Now, in that situation, someone who, you know, was given a, a shot just because they had a certain kind of skin tone or not, uh, they are they are imbued with a, um, I mean, they're given a certain level of privilege right there. Mm. And... But still, they have to walk around with the shadow, and there's that on the on the elite level. It's the same exact thing. Like you have to admit, you have to actually assume that these people at the top are they don't have our best interests in mind. But they they have a whole other kind of. They're the ones who give crumbs, and they like to plant little seeds of discontent and resentment in society. Things like affirmative action that they know that all the plebes are eventually going to fight with each other about and it's just going to create more social division Mm. at the top they don't care if they put two and two together that they're the ones who are screwing with you all because it's they are essentially they are the judge the juries the executioners everybody knows that they are the big kingpins it's it's just just essentially being the type the the top of a, a a mafia family you know, it's, it's organized crime, and when you are at that, t- it, if somebody l- watches you walking down the street, everybody knows, oh, that's the person everybody kicks up to. But you can't touch them, and they just don't care. Um, they just don't care. They got us pitted in a place where, because of the mental divides, we're really kept in a in a, in a stalemate. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we really are kept in a place where everything was like suspended animation, where um, how much, how much, how much farther up the mountain can we really tread when we have so many people around us that that almost like drag you back down to into like this blue pilled matrix hellhole? So that's that's their main wall of defense is mm-hmm. that we're stuck in a soup of mostly um, mostly sleepy people in the world, and they- and they're trained that 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 training that is learned helplessness right so you and I, like the way you and i would look at that because we grew up in at least some semblance of a meritocracy so you and i may feel guilty like you said about being given something i know i would i don't want to be given anything be- by virtue of my name my skin color my gender i don't want any, any of that i want to earn everything but i'm afraid the next generation doesn't feel that way and they feel the entitlement and so it's not going to bother them and if it doesn't bother them it's never going to go away. Yeah. That's my concern, right? So we're approaching this from the way we see the world, but, uh, you know, you have to, I always have to check myself because I realize not everybody sees the world the way I do. No, I understand. Yeah. I understand. But listen, it, it goes even beyond that too. I saw this, I saw this not only in the Epoch Times, which I forgot my actual, pa- I was going to bring physical papers in tonight. Yeah. I thought that'd be nice to not only cover some articles, but to be able to hear the crinkling of the paper. <laughs> Um, but there is a there's an article that was really alongside of that. I was reading about how th- there are at least ten banned substances substances ingredients mm-hmm. in food in Europe that are pretty prevalent here in the United States. And in the Epoch Times, it was opening up with this uh, this woman talking about how she had been on a gluten free diet for X amount of however long. Her doctor recommended she go on it. She felt really, really great. She realized that she she had recovered so much energy and so much focus she didn't she never even knew she lost in the first place. And how that diet was really doing well. But she had become very nervous about an upcoming trip. Not nervous, but 
curious as to how an upcoming trip to Italy was going to affect her because you know you're going on vacation in Italy for a couple of weeks to a month uh, you, you need to indulge in the local cuisine you have to and of course it's it's you know it's Italy it's going to be mostly carbs I mean you can you can avoid it if you want to but I mean when in Rome you know literally literally so, but um, though the Rome would probably be the last place I went to to be honest <laughs> yeah. um, still still uh, she said that she was Delightly, delightfully surprised that when she got to Italy and she started, you know, she's about a week or so in, and that is, you know, however many lunches, dinners, and breakfasts, that she was not feeling that gluten-related crash, that that brain fog, all that stuff that she had felt prior to cleaning up her diet back at home. Uh, that she started digging a little bit more into it, and she realized that even though, yeah, you know, gluten is gluten, and and if you're going down that path, you should tinker with your diet and fine tune like you suggest all the time, but that there's just another added element or many elements in American food processing that is just not the case in Europe. For everything that Europe does worse than us, they do food a lot better, apparently. Um, that, that's at least what I've been reading. I yeah. don't know what you say. And then I saw this WHO that backed these so-called studies that ultra-processed foods are some ultra-processed <laughs> foods are good for your health so so what the hell is the uh, the scuttlebutt with that okay so that that article is amazing i, I just want to I'll, I'll riff on that for a second but but the gluten thing i've actually you know it's really funny i had that exact experience with a client and it was italy she was going to italy and she had terrible she, she would avoid all wheat and grain products in this country which i really truly recommend for most people and, and, and unless it's organic unless it's sprouted unless you you know know the the farmer or whatever i mean it's it's really just not quality food and for the most part it's very damaging to the gut leaky gut is a, is a term that a lot of people are familiar with well gliadin is the protein and gluten it causes the issue so i really quickly because you mentioned this before i got here so i grabbed one paper and i was like got a wealth of information just from that one paper aside from what i had already known about it and the anecdotal experiences of some of the clients that i've had so the majority of american wheat is something called hard red wheat which is higher in gluten and in europe the majority of the wheat is soft wheat which is lower in gluten so there's okay. your answer right there off the bat right so the second thing is uh so yeah so gliadin is the gluten uh subtraction responsible for most of the allergenic response to wheat uh, but here's here's something really cool. The gliadin concentration in meat can be modified by the presence of sulfur in the soil. So the concentration of sulfur in the soil regulates the amount of allergenic gliadin proteins that the wheat creates during its life cycle. So less sulfur in the soil, more gliadin in the gluten, more sulfur in the soil, less gliadin in the gluten. And if there's more gliadin in the gluten, the more reactive a person will be to the wheat. So the soil composition makes a difference. And that takes me to my last point, glyphosate. It's really not used in Europe, at least not in every country, not the way it is here. Mm. We, we even use it on some crops just to help them harvest earlier because it dries out. It's like a desiccant, it dries out the crops. So the, the presence of glyphosate not only impacts the quality, and, and glyphosate is known to be a gut disruptor, but not only is it impacting the, quali the, the quality of the wheat, but just glyphosate itself may be damaging to the contents of the soil by virtue of the plant. And so now if you've got less sulfur in the soil, like I said, you'll have a you'll have a, a different concentration of gliadin in the protein. So it is just 
it's not a surprise, but when you start to dig into all the mechanisms, you can just understand that this push towards everything synthetic, everything synthetic, right? We got to get animals out of agriculture. We'll just use synthetic fertilizer that Bill Gates has a patent for, right? It's always this push towards synthetic over nature and nature always fixes the problem. And animals manure on soil, no-till land that's then properly grazed and managed is some of the most mineral-rich soil that will then give you healthier crops. And we just don't have that here. We don't have that. Maybe it's because Europe has a longer history of farming. You know what I mean? Like mm. thousands of years, whereas we're a couple hundred years and we're always looking for the bigger, better thing. I don't know what the, the, what the reason is other than to say for people who are struggling with wheat, a lot of people don't do it in Europe, but when they when they eat wheat here, which is why I don't recommend it, they always have problems. And that's why our that's why leaky gut is a, a is a massive issue in this country. The prevalence of leaky gut is just everywhere. And then I think that leads to things like autoimmune conditions yeah. and down the road. You know what the, I think the the second the second greatest condition in this country is leaky slut. Really? Leaky gut is probably the worst. I have not heard of but this. But le leaky slut is the, I'm gonna, definitely, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna the worst. I'm going to go into the medical literature <laughs> after this. These <laughs> damn leaky sluts everywhere. <laughs> Maybe that was why that guy threw Oreos at his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Had to just throw that out there. That's okay. Anyway, it, it's, isn't it crazy how you went through, you, you go on such an amazing rant and then you, you get down to the very end, you say leaky gut and everything you said disappeared and all I could think about was leaky slut. And now the audience has no idea what I said either. The, the audience already <laughs> forgot about it all. <laughs> oh, and by the way, that study, that World Health Organization article, they, that was an amazing article, amazing piece of fiction where they tell you that breads and cereals are actually, even though they're ultra processed, they're actually good for you. Uh, and that study... They, I won't even go through everything they did because it's just so ridiculous. But in that study, they lumped in soft drinks with meat again. Mm. So, you know, they, they just basically categorized foods in there in four categories, least processed to ultra processed being category four and soft drinks and meat were in the same category as ultra processed, especially if you're talking processed meat, yeah. but still is not true because meat has a variety of different ways it can be processed. You can have processed meat that is unhealthy, but you can also have grass-fed salami that's technically processed. Can you can you but, can you stop real for a second and just yeah. and and, um, and uh, expand on that real quick because we have about a minute and a half before we're going to go to intermission. Mm. Um, when you say processed meat, how does uh, give me an example of how meat can be then considered processed. I mean, all meat is processed. It has to be processed. Otherwise, you can't get it to your table. Out, but outside of just the butcher taking control of the, of, I mean, that's, is that considered processing, cutting it up? Or, or, or like, it always seems like when you say processed foods, it, it is mainly to me, I'm thinking, okay, well, there is some kind of a, uh, um, a chemical element to this that I don't understand, but I just have to assume it's chemical. That is the only meat that I would consider potentially bad for your health. In other words, the, I don't want to call it a brand name, but just like a brand name bologna that has a whole bunch of additives, fillers, even seed oils, you know, okay. other things. So it's never the meat. It's the things that they add to it. So the least, so preservatives. Yes. So there's a, there's a sliding scale, a spectrum of processing, but again, they don't even differentiate between that. They just lump all processed meat, which again, could be a grass fed salami which could literally be nothing more than a grass-fed salami, not really processed at all, maybe maybe with some salt to cure it, 
which is we've been doing since again since we learned how to do it the dawn of man to be able to ferment or preserve meat with salt but the other thing this study does and I'll, I'll, I'll leave it here they tell you that the people who eat the least processed or the most processed foods also have the greater chance of developing heart disease cancer type 2 diabetes in that study the women who ate the highest amount of ultra processed foods also were the highest percentage smokers and the men who ate the most amount of ultra processed foods were the least active so these are confounding variables that they don't control for but they tell you that processed meat is bad and that bra uh, grains breads and cereals even though they're ultra processed are perfectly fine for you i mean this study is all over the it's, map it's crazy it's crazy but that's the headline oh processed food's fine for you so the public who doesn't know any better who doesn't read the research will go oh that's great so i can have my lucky charms it's on the food compass i get an a plus for the day thanks talk about a gold star gold <laughs> star well listen ladies and gentlemen we let me tell you that there is a lot we're going to be doing in the second half um there's a new moderna commercial out talking about conspiracy theories there's a new moderna commercial Ooh. out you gotta see this okay. and i know that it's going to send jay on a uh, <laughs> on, on a trip i can't wait and, and that's going to kick off a big second half which includes unavoidable tidal wave of q a but we also i have some um some more thanksgiving centric stuff over here and it's all all on the other side of intermission join us Join us if on, on pill.net on our Foxhole direct link that's in the description below if you're on YouTube, Rumble, Rockfin. Um, uh, the links to Pill channel are right there in the description, I, and I, uh, I share them across all of our socials as well. And if you are in a pinch, if you need something even quicker, still, you can go to quitefrankly.tv, which is also powered by Pilled. That's it. That's all it is. It's two clicks, and, uh, and we will be able to do things like play the... Um, the medical modality commercial and talk frankly about it and a few other things and um like i said we're going to be all, all this will be uploaded onto podcast onto rumble onto rockfin onto bitshoot probably by midnight tonight but there is nothing like live and it is only two clicks so show us what kind of patriots you are <laughs> show us how you want to defeat the new world order because it's going to take a lot more than two clicks it to do that it certainly is <laughs> <laughs> all right all right anyway we'll see you guys over a little bit thank you everybody and um if this is the last we see of, of each other before thursday have a happy thanksgiving but i sure do hope that you'll follow us over for a uh, an extension of what has already been a fantastic broadcast here. We'll be right back. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back.
entering, quite frankly. 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 We all support. Quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Joe Brandon. Quite frankly. And Roma Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke? So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. of restream hold on so i couldn't even log off everything hey everybody you're getting a little bit of bonus hold on don't show your password frank i know <laughs> this is ridiculous that we just got logged off let's see if that works oh of oh course. no don't sweat out don't sweat the bicycles it's okay you got this. i know how many blocks does the I bicycle got, i got it i got it Oh no! These more. damn captchas. <laughs> now you gotta find the motorcycle. Now find the bus. <laughs> this is fun, everybody. For those of you at home, on, in podcast it. land, you gotta. Be how many me. vehicles can Frank find? It's just kidding. Come on now. <gasps> gotta be. Oh, we're back to bicycles again. The endless, the endless with the captcha. Oh, they, they put they put one in the crosswalk to try to screw with you. Can just let me in. Jeez, Louise. All that right. Was, that, I was a little concerned. I know. Okay, so everybody, I said we're going to be dropping off, and that's what we're doing right now. Just crazy. It's just really crazy. Anyhow. I might have to call you when I need help with those captures. I you, mean... You, you you motored through that like a pro. I Usually, I take a little bit more time. I want to get so exact with it. Like, oh, because with the captures, like, with the, you know, you put in your your uh, um, password, and then it says, okay, is it really you? Or are you a robot? <laughs> So it gives you a, the picture of the bicycle, and it's like a little bit of the back wheel goes into the other, I know. another square. I it's know. like, does this qualify as another square? Son of a bitch. It's like, <laughs> I'm trying to be as accurate as possible. I am not a robot. No. What do you think the robots would do? I don't know. I mean, we're getting to the point where the robots aren't going to be fooled by that anymore. No. Like, they're going to perform better than I do. Eventually, they will They will be fine. <laughs> eventually, they will be able to take take on all of that stuff it'll be <laughs> it'll be nothing all right so here we are in the second half and i have a little bit of uh what do i what do i want to do first with you oh okay well here's first i have right here and i poured you a little bit over the break over the break um jay this bottle right here of wine vino rosso mm. has been has been created by a a, uh, a a fan of the show, but also a friend of mine. His name is Benny, Benny Farina all right. from Jersey, and his uh, his family they're 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 all off the boat, and they they make this uh, they make their wine every year, and this is the first time he delivered a couple of bottles to our mutual friend Father Pat at the uh, the parish down the street, wow. and then um, I so when I heard about that I went to go visit Father Pat today, 
at his office because I heard that there were two bottles waiting for me. And I said, oh, you know what? I'm going to see if Jay wants to break his fast with me a little bit. And, uh, and that's what we're going to do tonight because I want to see what this tastes like. The other one is going to be consumed over the next couple of days. Yes. Um, but you and it's not like you and I are going to finish this tonight. Just a little taste. We're not? So, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, congratulations to all of your to all of your wonderful uh, achievements this year. I'm glad I got to be at the the health retreat, and I'm looking forward not only to a very serene holiday, but also for both of us and everybody at home to really garner the strength to go bounding into 2024 and being impervious to the onslaught that is coming. Um, with that, salute. Okay. Oh, what's that at the end? Wood chips? I don't know. <laughs> it's got a very oaky afterbirth. I can see legs even on a plastic cup. You know what? I know. No, I, no one gets me to drink out of plastic, Frank. This is a big I'm deal. I'm sorry. I didn't have any. I only have, <laughs> I have scotch glasses, and there's no way that I can put wine in scotch glasses. So this, at least it was see-through. It can't be red solo cups. <laughs> As long as it's as long as it's see through, dude. This is Benny. If you're listening, this is very this is very smooth. Really smooth. Very smooth. But at the end, I've never tasted. I don't know what the hell it is at the end. Um, I was making fun of my complete inability to, you know, like a real wine connoisseur could probably tell you all of the, the weather, the year it was. I can't. I wish I could. So I just said wood chips. You know what it is? I've had a lot of homemade wine before. My my next door neighbor. This is really uh, good though. Yeah, God rest his soul. When he was alive, he used to make a lot of wine um, in the fall and during the winter. We'd get quarts sent over to us, especially if we're outside shoveling snow. He'd come out and give everybody some wine from the cellar, and um, and it would be really really strong. Like this was strong wine. That's whoa, Tony. Damn. <laughs> but this is, I, I was expecting to kind of get a, a little kick right. to the throat. And yeah. no, this is No, this super is not. smooth. You know, maybe before we jump into anything else, should I, should, should I do this shout out? Yeah, please go ahead. So Frank sent me an email this morning uh, to give a shout out to Sue DeAngelis. I'm hoping I'm saying that name right. Well, the last name, the, the, the gentleman that sent the email, uh, email was Donald DeAngelis. Yeah. And his wife just got a job at the Ultra Wellness Center, which is, I believe, Dr. Hyman's clinic, a, a, a physician I'm familiar with. Um, congratulations. First of all, I'm not sure what you're going to be doing there, but whatever it is, you're going to learn a lot. And the request also was to just really briefly explain functional medicine. And so my, my master's degree is in clinical nutrition, but from a functional medical perspective. And so really to nutshell it for people so we don't take forever, because really you could go off into a million tangents, but functional medicine is just the idea of not addressing symptoms with drugs or even supplements. You're actually addressing the root cause of an illness. And honestly, if you've been listening to myself and all, all the appearances I've done here with Frank, that's always what we talk about. We're trying to get to the root cause. Even like in the first half, we talked about the SSRIs. We don't just want to manage the symptom of depression. We want to understand what's going on in the person's life emotionally, what's, what is going on chemically, right? I'm not saying that's not a part of it, right. but we want to look at the entire individual in a holistic manner. And that's what functional medicine does. Functional medicine also has a separate set of 
testing that they do aside from conventional labs, which I find very effective at combining with conventional labs to just, again, get a, a deeper picture of the individual. So again, it doesn't say here what Sue is going to be doing at the clinic, but whatever it is, soak up all the information, learn from the people around you. One of the best things that I ever was able to do in grad school was to learn from some of the professors that I worked with. I feel so lucky to have been educated by them. And so congratulations, Sue. Hopefully this is a new chapter in your life. And, um, as you go, maybe you should stay in touch with the show because you may be uh, making a next guest appearance. On oh, Quite yeah. Frankly. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I always want to bring bring new uh, health experts on yeah. and all that. So congratulations. Yes. And I'm going to get into some super chats here so that we're not so inundated at the end. And then I want to get into this this commercial. I'm sorry. I'm already fucking drunk. <laughs> I got to drive home tonight, Frank. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to have another. I'm uh, going to drive you home. Another little something. <laughs> Be, I, no, th that, that's not enough to, to take me out just yet. But I'm, <laughs> but you know, if I if I go much farther than this, then it's, it would be a problem because I haven't really eaten that much. But here we go. I've eaten nothing. I know that's why I said it, it, <laughs> when I called you. I said, listen, I got this yeah. bottle of vino over here, and I want to bring it to the studio. Are you on some extended fast? And I mean, of course you were. I said, well, I mean, can you can you drink a little grape juice with me? <laughs> Twenty seven hours. <laughs> wow. It's okay. Well, yeah, I got right. I got to do that. It's anyway, okay. uh, Fredo Awakening over on Rumble says, I just want to wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving, Frank. You too, Jay, and to all the Franklies out there in Frankly Land. I um. I really appreciate that, Fredo. Thank you all so much. Yeah, thank you. And uh, and for everybody who's watching us on, quite frankly, not TV, on Pilled, on Foxhole, please lay into those gold pills. I want to read off your names. I want to give you shout outs. And those gold pills are really going to open up new um, new opportunities in the future for this show, especially how we can pump it back into the network. So when I say that this that, that so many aspects of what we're doing right now is a reinvestment in our independence and also our flourishing as an operation, it uh, thank you so much for all of the, the contributions, whether they be rumble rants in the beginning, but especially those gold pills throughout the rest of the show. We're going to get to those in a second. First, I go over to, quite frankly, superchat.com, which is something that you could take part of even overnight. If something comes to mind that you want to say to us the next day on the show, you can always go to, quite frankly, superchat.com. All right, here we go. Starting from the beginning tonight, Shotzi says, Happy Thanksgiving, Frank and Jay and the Frankly family. Much love to all. Love you, Shotzi. Thank you so much. That's Aaron. I remember that name from Rumble. Yeah. A commenter on Rumble, which has been, your audience has been so amazing over there already and it's just getting started so that's yeah, fantastic it, it, you know what i love about this now too it's reminding me that i'll probably see people like shotzi sending me uh uh postcards for for christmas with their family i love this time yeah. of year because everybody sends christmas cards and then i me and lauren get to send it back and mm -hmm. it, I, it usually takes me until about late january to catch up with it all but i love i love what comes in from the audience this time of year it's all types of fun stuff. So, so that's Erin, you said? Yeah, her name's Erin. I think she just commented on a, on a video that I did on Saturated Fat on Rumble, and she said she improved her lipid markers with that. So I just love seeing that. And again, these people that I've never met just making some small lifestyle changes and having it show up in their lab work is just one of the most amazing things. So cheers, Erin. Congratulations. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Uh, Erica Barica says, hey, Frank, can you ask Jay what he thinks about monk fruit sweetener, specifically the, erith the erythritol that they add to it? Sounds bad, but I'm curious what he thinks. No, it's okay. I mean, erythritol is fine. 
it may give some, it's a sugar alcohol, so it may give you some GI discomfort. They're making a few new ones now with allulose, and I've I've been a fan of allulose, especially lately. I've, I've been using it for years, but I started to uh, stumble upon research, not to continue to plug that Rumble channel, but I did a whole video on allulose, a whole six minute video on the biochemistry of allulose, how it can even improve diabetic physiology. And I put all the papers on screen. So uh, if I would say monk fruit is great, I love it. Allulose, you should give it a try because um, there's some metabolic benefit there that you don't get really with any other sweetener. And it's not artificial. It's actually a naturally occurring rare sugar. Okay. I, I, that's probably one of those things, yeah, the sugar alcohol, I see that. Um, I told you that is what is in the chocolate that there's this... It can ferment in the gut, which is why people can get gas and bloating if, if it's yeah. too high a quantity. Yeah, there's a, there's a yogurt bar that Lauren found brought me home one day, and I really loved it. I, now I'm forgetting what the hell it was called. Mm -hmm. But that's what the first time where I saw sugar alcohol. I said, what the hell is this? And I asked you about it. Yeah, it's okay. Anyway. It's just you have to be careful with your gut. All right, here we go. Katie Skye says, this is about the, um, the Oreo story from before. <laughs> I would like to think that I would have caught the Oreo package Ooh. like a Waffle House employee, yeah. taken one out and eaten it, looking at him dead in the eye the whole time. <laughs> That's like a Kill Bill moment. That is. It is a Kill Bill <laughs> moment. A afterwards, something horrible is going to happen to him. <laughs> She's just going to savor that bite first so, like he, that. so he knows he's screwed. <laughs> Jay Britt says, hey, Frank. Hey, Jay. Uh, Frank just ordered four more pounds of quite frankly elevation blend for reserve and to share with family great show happy Thanksgiving thank you Jay thank you and in fact I think Paige told me that you did she told me that you did because you my friend you have claimed the historic honor of being the first purchase Woo. Jay Britz is the first person to ever buy a single pound of the new coffee so she told me by the way your first purchaser just made a, a, a real and i'm waiting for my i'm waiting for my my bags to come <laughs> Get in, in line frank <laughs> my bag I, I ordered about three three or four bags of them and it, they come in on friday so mm -hmm. i won't have them for tomorrow but i'll have them for friends giving on saturday which That's i'm happy right. about yeah but i'm happy thank you so much jay and i think um I, monday is going to be good too we're going to we're going to put those on sale for a good amount and uh, American Girl says, Hi, Frank and Jay. My husband and I are celebrating our 28th wedding anniversary today. Whoa. We were just babies at 18 and 19. Our first kiss was on Halloween, 1990. Boy, you just keep picking holidays. <laughs> I know. This is a, a married in 95. His kisses still make my heart flutter, and fall holds a very special place in our hearts. Thanks. I'm... That just made me feel... Maybe it's the wine. It's the wine, Frank. But I, that just made me feel great. <laughs> That's great. Congratulations. Start, happy anniversary. I'm going to start crying. Frank, am I going to have to take over the show? Please. <laughs> Please. All right. You uh, guys are in trouble if that happens. I know. Katie Sky is back. Says, I just brought home a whole crate of newspapers outlining Kennedy's arrival in Dallas. The assassination, Oswald's death, etc. An entire crate of JFK's assassination Houston papers from the time they yeah. were my mom's. I'll put pics up in the Gilded. Yes. I can't wait to see those. Can't wait to see those. So often you get pieces of information that are unintentionally accurate in the first reports of, a, of any major event. Similar to 9-11, right? Like a lot of things. And then later on, you see the mainstream narrative shift. But in this case, there were a lot of news articles that came out that had very interesting pieces of information, like like the change of the parade route in the last minute, things that Oswald may not have known about. Just really, really interesting. So hold on to those papers, not just for their sentimental value, but for the actual information they contain. Well, it's not only that. Um, it, I remember 
there's a couple of documentaries that I've watched and just independently produced ones too over the years where they pulled out very rare footage of the Dallas medical examiner. Oh, yeah. Who made those, went out and made initial, uh, initial, um, uh, I don't know, I, I would say called a diagnosis or whatever. They come out and just assess the physical condition of the president. Mm-hmm. And he even talked about the shot, the, the, the laceration in the throat. It was an entry the, wound. Yeah, the, yeah. talking about entry wounds. Yeah. And he he's out there, and he lists more than one. Yeah. You know, obviously that never happened again. So whenever something... I know that we, we come down on mainstream media, and we should, because they should not be trusted at all. But still to this day, initial reporting, you've got to grab all yeah. of the media you can. Yeah. Whenever there is a, a school shooting and they are, they're at, they're on the scene and they're interviewing interviewing students that saw things happening, yeah. uh, all of those initial things... There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things, unapproved things, that slip through the cracks in the beginning. Frank, if you watch the footage for right the moments after the assassination, hundreds of people running up the grassy knoll to where they saw smoke over the picket fence. Those are people's instincts because they knew what was going on. They weren't being force-fed a narrative. So it's just. It's, it's amazing. And you talk about the magic bullet. How about Gerald Ford changing the location of the bullet in the back? Originally, if you look at those, if you guys want another other than a book, if you want a documentary series to watch, Oliver Stone did a recent one called JFK Destiny Betrayed. It's a four-part miniseries. Each episode is about an hour long. Highly recommend it. Um, and they talk about Gerald Ford, apparently a pathologist now, moving uh, the bullet wound from the back, which would have eliminated the ability to have the magic bullet theory, to the back of the neck. Mm. And he said, oh, he, he, he was only doing it for clarity's sake, for the American people. And then, of course, Gerald Ford, after that, became president. Maybe that was his reward for helping with the cover-up. I mean, you just... There are just endless strings to pull out with this, but Destiny Betrayed, I wanted to remember to tell people that. That's another great miniseries on the assassination, and it was done, I believe, only last year or two years ago, very, very recent. Destiny Betrayed. Yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's very good. I've never seen it. They talk a lot about the autopsy. If you want to see autopsy pictures, it's a little gruesome, but they have all the JFK autopsy photos and everything. I've seen a lot of autopsy pictures. The first time I actually saw them... um, presented in a in a really uh, enthralling way it was the first time that somebody really laid out the in- intricacies of the body switch myth and that was on yeah. I've mentioned it before and we put it on the network maybe I'll put it on the network programming this weekend uh, again because it's been a while is uh, that documentary JFK to 9-11 everything is a rich man's trick yeah that was very uh, I mean they didn't even get I, I mean th- I don't know. After watching that, I said, wow, I'm sure that there are some pieces that maybe have been fit into the wrong places, but they can't be off by much. Yeah, I think there's some in- inaccuracies, but but the general theme is is spot on. And um, yeah, I mean, even just from the, the lack of qualifications of the actual uh, two doctors that performed the autopsy had never done gunshot wounds before. This is the autopsy of the president who was shot. And you bring in two gentlemen who have never done gunshot wounds. I mean, what... We're not we're not seriously trying to get to the truth. Again, it's 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 obfuscation. So, um, yeah, Destiny Betrayed is an excellent uh, miniseries, and they do a lot a lot about the autopsy. Alrighty, yes, I have to go watch that. Uh, here's another one from Stow Stube. Says Jay Gulanello and Frank on quite frankly, great times and a happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I really wish that we can have a um, a gigantic Thanksgiving dinner with everybody. 
I'll make sure that I have about 5,000 cigars, <laughs> however many gallons of wine and scotch, and we'll slaughter about 15, maybe maybe uh, maybe 200 turkeys. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to need that for how many? I don't know. That, that'd probably be a little bit too little. One Hit Wonders <laughs> says, Happy Thanksgiving to all the Franklies. Great show. Jay is a delight. I believe in America. Love the book club. Thank you. Whoa. Jay, are you ever going to take part? I know you are a very busy, busy man. You should take part in a book club I one really time. I really would love to. I know. Because you, you read such dense medical literature to, to such a degree that I think 85 pages a week of some really... Uh, uh, scintillating fiction would be not only a, a, a cakewalk for you, but it would probably be a really great break. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably a well-deserved vacation. I know. I, I, we got some great things brewing for 2024. I heard. I heard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seriously consider it. I think you'll... I think you'd... I'm going to... I, know, I think I'm going to really love that Ray Bradbury book, Dandelion Wine. I heard you talking about it the other I, night. I, I'm telling you... It was pitched to me by an audience member. I went and I checked out the description. I already love Bradbury's, uh, uh, his style. And and then I read a little bit of the book when it came in. I said, oh, this is going to be just magical. Hmm. And it's going to be just perfectly placed right there in like June, that whole summertime. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's move on to, let's watch this video. Here is the latest Moderna COVID Vax commercial that is airing on television now. Uh, take a look at this. I'm gonna get us off of the screen so we can, there we go. Coffee, Kobe's cozy shop ambience. We'll come back to you in a second. Here you go, take a look at this. When it comes to your health, you do you. You ping and pong that body. You plunge that body. You green that body. You brain power that body. You practice and practice that body. You make it rain that body. You flu shot that body. And now you spike vax that body. Because even though the pandemic is over, COVID-19 isn't. Spike vax by Moderna is a vaccine to help protect you against COVID-19. You shouldn't get spike vax if you've had an allergic reaction to spike vax or its ingredients. Rare. How do you know if you I have? I love that. That's in every commercial and I always ask that question. How do I know unless I take it? <laughs> I, 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 for, there's 20 seconds left here, but Jay, if Good you're already God, doing all... stop. If you're already doing all that for your body, to begin with, why are you doing all? Why are you even going to jump in with yeah, this shit? I mean, and here's 20, 19 more seconds of, of brutality. Cases of inflammation of the heart muscle and outer lining have been. You saw they're all going for vegetables, but never any. Oh, oh, heart lining. Wait, wait, we'll, we'll get to that again. Uh, look, they're going for radishes. Well, yeah, I mean, and cabbage. The, the greenwashing of nutrition. Right. Nobody, nobody has uh, sliced up a nice ribeye yet. <laughs> Well, here you go. Listen to this. Rare cases of inflammation of the heart muscle and outer lining have been reported. The most. What does that mean? That's pericarditis. My. Yeah. And I love how they, you know, I remember, I can't remember who it was. It was like a mild. Heart inflammation? Never mild. Never mild. It's always dangerous. Amazing how they can normalize the abnormal. Common side effects are injection site pain, redness and swelling, tiredness, headache, muscle pain, chills, joint pain, and fever. Make vaccination against COVID-19 a part of your health routine. Spike Vax that body with Spike Vax by Moderna. It's the a, name is unbelievable. Well, what is, is this something, is it new? Is it new? No, 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 no. Th this, I believe, has been around. I don't, don't or is it just? A, it. Is it a delivery unit? What is it? What spike vax mean? Yeah, that was just a brand of one of the of one of the vaccines that came out over the course of this mess. 
Um, it's not new. This commercial is new, but the Spike Vax isn't new. I mean, maybe that is the name of the Moderna version of it. I'm not. I'm not even sure. I, I honestly. It's the first time hearing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had heard about it before. Um, yeah, maybe that's just the name of it. Maybe I'm just forgetting. But um, frightening. Yeah. I mean, the song. You know, it reminds me so much of. Uh, oh, this was something I didn't tell you that I think we should talk about, and we could probably do it really briefly. So, and this relates. I was watching a video preparing for another show that I was doing, which was a talk between an MD and a PhD. They were talking about red meat, dietary cholesterol, fat, health messaging. And this MD is a brand new MD, four months into his residency. He's really having a struggle fighting against the medical establishment. He's like, I know that we're not being taught nutrition. I know that the things that we are teaching are incorrect. How do I approach this? So this is just like two of the most highly educated people having an amazing hour and a half conversation. And Frank, yeah, every, this is on YouTube, every single ad was a Beyond Meat ad or a diabetes drug ad that was incredibly reminiscent of this ad. The dancing, the crazy music, the jump cuts. It's almost like neuro-linguistic programming of some sort. They've got these yeah. songs that, you know, and it's just gaslighting of the highest order. And then you go through, the, I was waiting for the list of side effects. I mean, they didn't say death. They didn't say death. And, and as I've told you, the experiences that I've had personally with the COVID vaccine now with believe it was originally Pfizer because it was very very early on and that was the only one available well I saw people die hmm. I saw people have everything under the sun everything you heard of I saw at the hospital so it's just amazing to me though as I'm watching this video I'm thinking even if I'm so I'm someone who spent almost now close to a decade educating himself independently and then formally what if you're an audience member of Quite Frankly and you're like, you know, I, I want to see what else is out there. So Jay mentioned this woman, Zoe Harcum. She was the PhD who did her PhD thesis on dietary fat. And the things that she found were amazing. And she's having this incredibly intellectual conversation with a brand new American doctor. And it's just so enlightening to hear. And the whole time, YouTube was like, beyond meat, beyond meat. Like, like if you even try to stray and think for yourself and go off track, the algorithm's suck you back in so if you don't think that's happening and this is a shout out to your audience for whoever's here right now listening don't be a slave to youtube don't be a slave to these these algorithms these big tech companies because they're only fostering one way of thinking and you're never going to understand the bigger picture if you don't seek out media you've got to do more than just consume media. you've got to be an active participant and so making a couple of clicks to go to pill.net or quite frankly.tv is so important so kudos to everybody who's here but I know that's been active for a long time, Frank, but it just blew me away that I couldn't get through this video, Frank, without getting a Beyond Meat ad because they were talking about red meat and cholesterol and saturated fat and how the research was not so convincing that they were bad for health. Oh, no, if, if it's not that, Jay, you're going to get footnotes. You're going to get right. the, the Wiki context warnings, context yeah. warnings, the Wikipedia footnotes, community notes. Uh, I mean, it, it's... Uh, so it, this is propaganda to me. This vi This video that you just played there's no, you know, like when Anthony Fauci was getting up there, you know, he never had to actually bring forth the science. He never got up there and said, in this paper, like I just dissected that Lancet paper very briefly, told you, well, the people who smoked the most and also ate the most ultra processed foods. And it was a food frequency questionnaire that was done over a 12 month period. And they included red meat in the same category as soft drinks. You know, those kinds of details matter. But did, did Tony Fauci get up there and talk about, no, he is the science. 
it's the church of scientism. I just represent science, and so therefore, this appeal to authority, the CDC says so, the FDA says so, Moderna has a commercial, right? The Washington Post wrote an article. But this is not how science is done. And so for your audience, again, because I'm all about education, I just want people to understand, when I say things, Frank, to you here, to your audience, it's never my opinion unless I'm saying it's my opinion. Yeah. It's all from research, the actual research. So this stuff I see is propaganda, and I just, like you said, if you're doing all those things, if you're exercising, you're eating a species-appropriate diet, you're really taking care of yourself, I'm sorry, but those people were never at risk for COVID, and they're still not at risk for COVID. So it's all risk and no reward if you take spike facts, or whatever the hell that thing is, hell yeah. you know? They I mean, just woke me up a little sorry, bit. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Damn. But just crazy. It's just, it, it is maddening, and you're right. You did set me off. That sounded like something off of the, uh, the, the Michael Jackson's Off the Wall that <laughs> album. Spike <laughs> 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 Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, where's yeah. Michael when you need him? I, I mean, you know, what? what, you, what you, when you bring that up there, and you talk about Fauci, and, and then what this is all, uh, you know, where they come up with the... The confidence. Where do they garner the confidence to go and present this to the public, and to to, to to have this be the their position? It's again, it just it just happens to be that we're talking about something that used to be um, occupied by those who took the scientific method seriously. Right. That there was a method to figuring out a problem. There's a meth- method to testing new modalities uh, in in how to how to treat certain things or prevent certain conditions. There was a method that was adhered to and it was to p- completely non-political. Yes. But now when you put when you put um, money, that's why when we were watching uh, Javier Millet in in uh, Argentina saying you know the afuera. the yeah, afuera, afuera. <laughs> when, he, when he's talking about the ministry of science and whatever yeah. gone i'm like yes can you imagine all the money that goes into steering science into something that will only ingratiate a a government that is already off the rails yeah. that is rogue i mean that is just one category think about think about what our uh, governor just did this past week as far as well last week uh hokel talked about um sending a pretty much a brute squad out there knocking on doors that people say anything that mirrors hate speech uh-huh. what is ar- uh, another thing that is arbitrarily right. determined who defines it who that, defines that question it? is never asked by anybody and this everything you're talking about right here is just as arbitrary even though they say you know science can't be arbitrary it's just a science but no 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 science is only produces something that could that could have the trappings of being unbiased if you go and achieve a or you you achieve uh, reproducible outcomes right. based on an unbiased method yeah and that method is not is not present here anymore no. so it's really just the same congregation it's a very religious congregation that is dictating and imposing its will on everything you know I think about this a lot when you Someone who I really got introduced to from your show and who I really respect and watch a lot has nothing to do with my field is Rich Barris. Mm -hmm. Because he, him and I are very similar in in the way he approaches polling and data. And you can tell he gets very passionate about it. And he'll scream and yell about things because he's angry that his field is not living up to what it should be. And I feel the same way. That's why I I can really, when I watch Rich, I'm like, man, I feel (laughs) you. You know, he's on his own show, he gets very animated. And that's how I feel because I just, 
because people are being lied to. And, and it's one thing, and I'll give you a quick example. When I was a, a personal trainer and I knew nothing about nutrition, so this is kind of my origin story where I started. I had a client who didn't eat meat because her father, when she was young, she died of cancer, uh, he, he died of cancer. And the doctor told her the cancer was a result of his red meat eating. Now uh. that is factually incorrect. There is no study, not one single study that can tell you that there is epidemiology there is observational study there's association but if you know anything about science that's science 101 association and causation are not the same thing you cannot say red meat causes cancer you cannot say that it is scientifically invalid yet this poor girl now suffering from some of her health consequences from being from years of being a vegetarian because some lunatic doctor pretended to be a nutritionist and a scientist of which he was neither and told her something that was completely untrue. So why I'm so passionate about this is not because I care what you eat. I tell this to people all the time. I really don't care. Mm. I just want you to have the accurate information and then whatever choice you make. See, when people push back on me, they say, well, why don't you represent the other side of the argument? And I tell them, hey, dummy, I am the other side of the argument. The only other side of the argument is everything you're being told from the mainstream media to every talking head out there, right? better for you, better for the planet. I'm trying to present some kind of and balance. And it's not only that, Jay, for you to come here, oh, I mean, to say, well, well you're, you're very one-sided. I said, well, you know what? I, where do you think my origin story was? Right. What do you think my origin story is? I came from that I side. I did. I, I preached the low-fat diet. I did all that stuff until I learned, until I immersed myself in the evidence. And once you do that, Frank, there's no going back. Yeah because you also see the actual results. So it's not just my theory. I see people improve their health by, by doing these things. And again, it's not about being a carnivore. I, I'm not a carnivore, I'm not advocating that. I'm saying that animal products are profoundly healthy and they should be a part of your diet. That shouldn't be controversial. It was never controversial up until the recent times because it's being used. It's being used to manipulate people. And that is where I'm like Rich Barrett's where I'm like, it's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. And real scientists, real nutritionists, we need to rail against that because people are getting sick because of it. Like that article mentioned, the politicization of science is what is causing this out of control chronic disease rate. And the experts are doing nothing about it. They're making spike facts commercials. Sorry, it's Thanksgiving. I, I should be. No, no, more, no, no. I need to be more grateful. No, this is good. I want to. <laughs> I'll tell you what, what's going to happen tonight, Jay. Because this is such a great conversation, I feel like we're getting not only are we getting the venom out a it's little cathartic, bit more. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very cathartic. But I mean, we went to so many different topics right now. We even taste a little homemade wine. Yeah, this feels so good. I can't wait to go home and just chill. And tomorrow's gonna be great. Yeah, you know, I think that tomorrow's gonna be better because of what we're doing tonight. I agree. I agree. Um, from Rockfin, Chris Wall last night, I didn't see this, it was emailed to me, he said, thank you, Frank, happy Thanksgiving. And Jenny on Rockfin said, happy, happy harmony. Well, happy Thanksgiving and happy harmony. Um, on Thanksgiving, actually, uh, let's go to there for a little bit. Go ahead. Here is a question, well, here, here's a um, an article that I was going to bring by that was printed but I left it at home and now I, thankfully I found it online. It's from the Epoch Times. It's called Celebrating Thanksgiving Then and Now. Mm. Remembrances of past holidays past can enable us to appreciate the present all the more. Now, 
I love articles like this. I really do. It talks about George Washington's de- designations back in 1789. Uh, then, of course, it goes up to uh, Abraham Lincoln, who made it stick a little bit more than Theodore Roosevelt, who really made November's fourth th- Thursday an official national holiday uh, intended to, quote, to thank the giver, capital G, the giver of all good for our national blessings. And then in 1939, to extend the holiday to shopping season, as to help battle the ongoing depression. President uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt moved Thanksgiving to a week earlier, and that uh, that was met with resistance. So in 41, he signed a bill officially declara- declaring the fourth Thursday of November as Thanksgiving Day. Now, I love how this article goes through the good times and the leaner times. Listen to this. This really just is amazing. In 1900, the year that my father's grandfather was born, At the beginning of the 20th century, American pride and confidence in itself were at a peak, which, of course, that had to be curtailed, had to be curtailed. And the lavish Thanksgiving dinners of the wealthy reflected the country's abundance. Listen to this in 1900. Thanksgiving dinner menu for the New York Park Avenue Hotel offered the following to their patrons. They had the choice of oysters, creamed fresh mushrooms on toast, boiled Kennebec salmon, saddle of lamb with kidney beans, potted quail, diamondback terrapin, uh, Rhode Island turkey, ribs of prime beef, and much more, including a sizable array of vegetables, potato dishes, desserts, candies, cheese, nuts, rum, and coffee. Can I have all of that? Oh, damn. <laughs> Dude. That's delicious. I, that is just so amazing. Real food. Talk about a bounty. Yeah. Uh, especially that last part, the desserts, the candies, the cheese, the nuts, the rum, the coffee. I want the rum and the coffee so much. Yeah. But, but from, okay, so let's say that you were at the New York Park Avenue Hotel in 1900. You had that rolled out. What would you go for? Obviously, you'd probably go for the ribs of prime beef. Yep. And the lamb, I think, was in there? Uh, saddle of lamb with yep. kidney beans. You would, you would say hold the beans? It depends. Are they soaked and sprouted? I don't know. <laughs> I don't see and then salmon. Salmon was in there too. So those are great. Like I tell people all the time when they question holidays, like how do I navigate this? Just prioritize protein. That's like a simple way to go about it because the more you do that, the less you have for other things. You can still try all the other things, which is beautiful, but protein will fill you up. So that's, I always start there. So yeah, a little fish, a little beef. Okay. And a little lamb. What about oysters? Oh yeah, high in zinc. Yeah. Now, how how do you approach oysters? Uh, because I love them, and then I started. Then first, then somebody told me that the rule is, and I never knew this, and thank God I got through okay. That you only eat oysters in the time in uh, months of the year that end in er. I have to look into that more. I don't really know a lot about it to be honest. Okay. I got to imagine it's just be, whether they're fresh or not. I got right. I got to assume that's that's sort of part of the you know when they're going to be caught. But I'm not really sure. I remember that episode where you were talking about that, and I, I meant to look into it. I don't eat oysters very often. I think I've only had them two or three times in my life, but, but they're good, and they're oh. super high in zinc, very bioavailable zinc. Okay, so then there's also the oyster cream, fresh mushrooms. You probably say no. No, no. why not? Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, boiled. Oh, you already said the I, salmon. I mean, we're talking about this time where there were. I don't. Did this say a year? It's 1900. Okay. So there's no. So there's no such thing as seed oil. There's Crisco hasn't been invented yet. There's you know. So all these fats in the in the cream are going to be real actual animal fat. So yeah, bring it on. Oh, let me ask you this. Before and they're we unpasteurized get... too. So you're talking all this stuff is raw. The milk, the cream, all this stuff is raw. See, we're. This is what I mean. This is 1900. That, that's not that long ago. Right? So, I mean, the world has changed in the, in terms of nutrition dramatically in the last 120 years. 
Uh, let so. me ask you about deep frying then before we get back to this. I have, you know, it's once a year that I, I have turkey and it's on Thanksgiving and the last two years, and tomorrow will be no different. I have peanut oil for my deep fryer. I understand, I know. But my question for you is, uh, I know that when you talk about frying and things like that, you say, well, go, go the tallow at, uh, way. Can beef tallow be put into a deep fryer? That I wouldn't want to venture a guess, but I, I would just say then find something, like I've, I've deep fried in coconut oil before. You just got to find a saturated fat because because deep frying is high temperature. And so the whole point about fats is that the the, the more saturated they are, they, the more protected they are from oxidation. In fact, it's almost impossible to oxidize a saturated fat. So that's the only that's the only reason because there are really toxic byproducts that are created from unsaturated fatty acids. So gotcha. that's that's the that's the main reason. So find a find a, a saturated fat like that that you like the taste of, so coconut oil or or beef tallow or something like that. That's why I would do it. I'm gonna look into that for next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bet you can. I I have to. I'm I sure you can. I gotta check it out. I'm, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. Um. All right. So kidney be oh, the potted quail. Would you Would you try a little potted quail, Jay? I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is just a 27 hour fast uh, talking. But yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Diamondback terrapin. Is that turtle? Sounds like it. See, we should. We gotta go through the. Uh, you remember you gave me that that Devil menu. Devil in the White City. That menu. Yeah. Hold on. I, I started going through that, but I I. We, we got to remember to do that because I actually started to pull apart what all of those things were. Yeah. Dude, look at this. Look, diamondback terrapins. I, yeah. I mean, are, are they are they being, are they, oh, they look like they get a little bit bigger than that. Yeah. So they're talking about turtle, cooked turtle. I think on that menu for the World's Fair, it was turtle soup, I think. Yes. Yeah. Now, the, the World's Fair menu for the architects and engineers was incredible. I'm going to dissect that for you. I will. I started doing it because you sent it to me over the summer. I know Lindsay. I know, I know Lindsay Sharman will be very happy that you do that too. Yeah. Because I loved how not only were, was the the courses of food so rich and so big, but that the the several courses of food were interrupted by specifically. At this time, we have cigarettes. Palate cleansers. Then more, more food. You have sorbet, things like that. And then at this time, we have brandy and cigars. Yeah. So, so I love how cigarettes and cigars have their very specific place in the night. And this is also a part of the reason why I think, I wonder, uh, is this why they all have gout? Is this why they all have, I mean, everybody in that book, uh, uh, Jay, had some kind of horrible physical malady. And, and this is my next question for you. I, I mean, it's going to take us away from Thanksgiving just a little bit, but you're zapped. I'm going to zap you right now into the so-called Middle Ages, where the life expectancy is, I don't know, who knows, 47 years old, 47 years old. You are equipped with like one hypothetical thing, and that is the ability to speak the dominant language of wherever you land in Europe. So you're not gonna just be like some freak who speaks an unknown language from the future. So you're, I'm gonna, in this, in this scenario, I'm zapping you back into the Middle Ages. You know how to speak fluently the dominant language in like Gaul or wherever the hell you are. And, um, and of course everything you, you will also be equipped with is everything you know right now. Mm. At this moment, you know everything you know right now, but you also have perfect control of this of the language of this middle this place in the Middle Eastern Europe that you're going. What do you start knowing your situation? What do you start doing? What materials do you gather first? There are no antibiotics, but you know that bacteria exists. You mm. think that uh, you just need to be able to treat everything naturally at this point. 
barring a broken leg or some other catastrophe, what are you doing to start your new life? Whew. Well, the first thing I'm going to do, besides pulling a Marty McFly and finding a bookie, because I know everything that's going to happen yeah, in the future, I know. Ma making a small family fortune. Um, you know, honestly, I think because at that point it's about survival, I would probably find a farm. And because that's the basis of everything. You can't, no matter what you do after that, you can't survive without food and water. So either I'm starting a farm or I'm finding a family and I will earn my keep on the farm. Okay. So that at least I know I have the shelter, right? The sort of hierarchy of needs. I have, I have that covered. Um, the advantage of being in that time is that again, like I said to you, even just in the 19, in early 1900s, um, a lot of artificial ingredients and things haven't been created yet. So there's very little, for, it's funny, I'm actually gonna be relatively obsolete as a nutritionist. Because what I'm trying to do from this time in history is to convince people that what we were doing once upon a time was actually the right thing. So I'm actually kind of like SOL when it comes to a career. Yeah, but you, uh, would, you, would, you would probably be one, you would probably be a prime candidate to be one of the leading doctors of your time. Pro probably, yeah. Because I would have certainly a grasp on, it would be interesting if I could sort of um, help create the Venn diagram that rightfully should be in place between terrain theory and germ theory. Mm -hmm. If I could go and bring Antoine Beauchamp and Louis Pasteur together, instead of being arch enemies, I could try and, I could try and bring them together because honestly, I think that's where science started to drift mm -hmm. into a place now where we're looking for a one cause for a problem and then treat that one cause with a drug that will address a symptom. And I think honestly, that's why functional medicine is so important, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I suppose I could, I could veer my career path off from nutrition, which wouldn't really necessarily be necessary, um, and into medicine and trying to desperately keep the, ro the Rockefellers out of making the petroleum based drugs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would honestly keep the same career because I can't, I can't do much in music not going to find a recording studio <laughs> right. back then. Right. And I probably am not nearly as talented as um, Beethoven or Mozart or any of those guys. So uh, yeah, I would stick with what I do now and I would just probably try and, but I, but I definitely would find a farm to be able to satisfy all the sort of um, those needs and, and man, the manual labor being outside all day, I would create the most robust health for me possible. And then I would try to get in some kind of position of public health authority. And then, and then, then you know, you also have to do is you have to try to find a place to leave behind well-preserved messages to the future. Yeah. Something. A time capsule. A time capsule. You have to put, you're like, where the hell can I put it? Um, I just... Yeah. So, somewhere that the Vatican won't find out that it's there, and then and then it gets lost in the... In Not the, at the foot of the Georgia Guidestones. I know. Not there. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. You know, the other thing I was going to say, Frank, because you mentioned going into that article that George Washington, we need to do... I don't want to book your show for you, but December 14th is the anniversary of Washington's death. He died on December 14th, 1799. So he, only, he barely missed the turn of the century. But I have the case study of his death. Really? Yes. Wow. And I think it would be fun. We don't have to do it on December 14th, although this year, December 14th falls on a Thursday. But I'm just letting you know. And if the reason I'm saying it on air is because if the audience, I don't know if they would be interested in something like that, but I found the case study of walking through minute by minute 
what the doctors did, what the, you know, how, how everything was performed on him. And I thought Matt would probably really enjoy it. And maybe the audience would too around that time of year. So if you're interested, I wanted to just say it before I have, it popped out of I'm my I'm looking mind. right now on my calendar. I have nothing. I'm starting to do a lot of December booking right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, whereas I do have a couple of really great guests on there. I know one or two have to be moved already. But Friday the 15th, I have Fleckus coming back on. But Thursday the 14th, nothing. Well, I'm just saying, I'm offering it to your audience and you guys and Matt. If, if you guys would find it interesting, I, I can walk through it with you. And it's I think it would be pretty fun to do, at least for a segment of the show. I'll see. Well, listen, you, you should definitely let's do it. Yeah, I would love to learn about that. And I think that with Matt's new gig, he might be able to make himself available on a Thursday as well. I mean, I'm, when I found it, I immediately thought of you and Matt. So. Well, then let me ask him about it. Uh, yeah. and, and it's Because if that's the case, then I, I want to make sure that he's he's on with me. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Oh, okay, that's cool. Well, the, the rest of this, the the Thanksgiving thing, I started talking about tough times and what happened with Thanksgiving mm-hmm. was like during the Great Depression. Um, listen to this what last last part before we start getting around to just some random questions and a little bit of uh, Super Chats. We'll probably bleed over just a second or two. Um, I don't want to go over too much because I know that you're heading on the road to Boston after this, right? Yeah, but I mean, I have time for the people. All right. <laughs> Tough times. In what Thanksgiving dinner, what did it look like during the Great Depression? Christy Brigham writes that in 1933, turkey was 23 cents a pound. Today, that pound would cost the consumer about 127. The turkey from a century ago sounds cheap until Miss Bingham uh, reminds us that the hourly wage at the time for those who could even find work was around 53 cents an hour. Mm. And that Thanksgiving dinner for six would cost approximately $5.50, which could easily equate to 10 hours of work or more. So, I mean, that's like at least a, a day a, a day, day plus wages. But that still doesn't feel that bad. It doesn't feel that bad. Compared to today. No. I, I mean, we just spent... A th- Jay. <laughs> Don't talk about inflation, Frank. No, <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> just... Because oh. Lauren told me which because we you know, obviously we got uh, Thanksgiving that we're hosting yeah. tomorrow night, and then we have Friendsgiving that we started buying some stuff for for Saturday, which is just going to be baked ziti and meatballs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, but still, we're one mate. Oh. <laughs> it was all, it was a lot of money. I bet I believe it. It was a lot of money, and 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 that didn't even count for the turkey that I bought directly from the farm which is mm-hmm. a lot more than 127 a pound yeah especially if you're not if you're going out there you're getting a butter ball uh you, you're probably going to find a good deal somewhere but if you're getting it from a farm you know that these birds you know how these these birds were were treated yep. very very well i mean it matters i you know i always say it on the show pay the farm now or pay the farm uh, sorry pay the farmer now or pay pharma later you know i mean it's yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, it goes into all that. It, it, anyway, the reason why I wanted to bring that up with the cost is because I remember at the the health retreat, one of the the, the wonderful slides out of the wonderful um, greater presentation that you did was in refuting people's thoughts that, well, I can't. I can't eat cleaner than I'm doing right now because going organic, going grass-fed, going going through, through uh, you know meat meat is very expensive, mm-hmm. and I'm on a budget. And you did such a wonderful job at saying, well, when you eliminate all the stuff that you know is bad, 
you save all that money right there and when you also start organizing your eating schedule throughout the day so that you know that you're eating you know or, or you're not sporadically gorging and, and all that stuff that the cost of meat and cost of eating clean actually comes out cheaper per ounce it does per ounce yep yeah when i broke all the foods down per ounce and then realizing that you can actually if you had to live off of ground beef you could but you couldn't live off of any of the other foods that I put there. And they were just regular everyday foods that people consume while telling me that they can't afford. And this was just organic beef from Walmart. I didn't even, I chose walmart.com because I wanted to choose something that most people have access to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it is a misnomer. And again, the long-term cost of eating unhealthy is the cost of diabetes is out of control. You don't even want to forget about the, the mental and physical toll, but the financial toll. Out of control. Um, Anyway, yeah, so that's that's what I wanted to bring up with you. That's All cool. right, so let's go to some super chats and, and hang out for a little bit with these. Going to Cave Toad. Cave Toad says, what are Jay's thoughts on pharma buying up supplement companies? Who does he like for suppliers? Do you have any thoughts on you know? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to look into them individually, but yeah, it's, it is a, it's a real challenge. I mean, I try to find third-party tested ones. I always send people to... The Mike Adams store, Brighteon store, yeah, because he also tests all of his the stuff that he carries. He tests it for heavy metals. He tests it for glyphosate. So I do try to tell people to shop there when they can. There's a few brands that I like. Pure Encapsulations is a good brand. Uh, Jaros is a good brand. But I mean, you know, you really have to just do your due diligence. But is it, it is a huge problem because I think they know supplements work and in canada they're trying to regulate natural products and supplements and the fda has been dipping its toes in those waters here too you know you know they would love to nix the supplement market yes yeah. that's just that's cutting into profit margins man you can't make people as sick without supplements I'm grabbing all the supplements that help you so help you um avoid all of the products that are coming to market by way of the farmlands that they have commandeered so you know it's uh, it's it, I, I understand oh and the worst part about this i'm gonna break a little news for you i just found out about this the other day and it's it really made me sad bragg's apple cider vinegar i heard about this i heard about this yes that that, that uh who, who bought it again was uh, so, katie perry yeah katie perry and orlando bloom bought it in 2019 which totally flew under the radar and then they and now they're using bill gates's appeal coding the, the apples are coated in appeal to be used in this. And apparently there's no issue with it still being labeled organic because it does, because the the coating around the apple is all that's really changing. But there's a lot of questions as to whether this coating, when it's metabolized by the human body, whether it turns into trans fat, it's a real, it's, it's emerging research and emerging science. And the discovery of this is like, it's like rocking the the health community because I've used Bragg's raw unfiltered apple cider vinegar for years and now I think better off just finding an alternative I have my last bottle at home and I don't think I'm going to purchase it anymore because anything that Bill Gates gets involved with I'm sorry but you just don't want any part of it it's really yeah. sad yeah alright so well yeah Oh, and also I'll just tell you just my yearly reminder that yeah. tryptophan is not the problem with, well, or turkey, tryptophan, that's not the issue. If you look at the amount of tryptophan in chicken, beef, pork, or tofu per six ounces, 
they all have more tryptophan than a roast turkey breast. So when people have the food coma, they always blame the turkey. It's likely a blood sugar crash from the overeating, the generally sides being high in carbohydrates and all the desserts you're eating. So it's generally speaking, has nothing to do with the actual turkey. I, I just I, like to let people I know understand. that. And, and I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm actually glad you brought up the... Um, the, the, the Bragg's apple cider thing because yep. I had found, Lauren had sent that to me. I did not know about Katy Perry buying it. Yep. And then of course to exclusively use um, Bill Gates farm products is just, so uh, there there's another thing, the, the, apple, the apple cider. You, that can just shift under your feet, you just don't know. Yeah. All right, let's uh, blast through this. Sean Joe, thank you. Dixie, thank you. This is all on pill.net, the gold pills, thank you. Boys Blanc, enjoy family tomorrow, precious memories. Yes, everybody, please prioritize that or prioritize peace and and tranquility however you can uh homegoy says this show frank his guests you people are so good for my um, amygdala ah so good for my amygdala <laughs> it, it, it it almost it almost got me with the pronunciation there <laughs> god bless all of you thank you goy uh shaquille oatmeal says happy thanksgiving gents i wish I think that what you are searching for in terms of the intro Star Fox is Cornelia. Oh, I eventually found it. I'm talking about the, the Super Nintendo version. Thank you, Sean Joe. Thank you, Bacon Slut. <laughs> Thank you, Homegoy again. I love that name. <laughs> and uh, Homegoy just got a six-month bronze tier subscription. Thank you. So now, well, Homegoy is now a, uh, a sponsor for six months. That means Sunday stream links, everything coming your way. Just make sure you keep track of the direct messages on Pilled because that's where I send all of the specialty programming links. Uh, Shaquille Oatmeal again, what does accountability for the jabs given the data look like if people discovered the 55 to 75 year old public release? Um, I don't know, what does accountability look like? What does accountability look like? A better version of the Nuremberg trials. Uh, yeah, well, what does that mean? You know, I, it, at least, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah. If we don't have accountability, you said it earlier, Frank, then the cycle is never going to end. And I know it sounds harsh, but if people knowingly did things to harm other people, I mean, I, I'm not even a capital punishment advocate, but this is on such a mass scale. Yeah. I, I don't know where else to go with this. The conversation at least, at least needs to be had. Joe M says, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Joe. One, two, three, SKG. Happy Thanksgiving, Patriot Game. Thank you. NJSF, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, Jay, Franklies, Franciscans. Truth Crew, thank you. Flip City Magazine, happy Thanksgiving to you, Lauren and Aurora. Thanks for your spreading the truth of joy all year long. And I will say again, Truth uh, to Flip City Magazine, they have a wonderful, small, very small crew of people who uh, truly believe in new media, but from an, a from a very traditional old standpoint print new media mm. go and check them out they're on the affiliates page on quite frankly.tv and i think they have some black friday stuff going on i i'd really buy a at least a uh a temporary subscription for one of your friends and family for the holidays and give them an opportunity to to get a taste of their wonderful work and Go ahead. The Sentinel says, hey, Frank, I sent a super chat and forgot to change the name from One Hit Wonder. Oh, well, that was you. <laughs> Thank you for all that, Sentinels. We love you. Ronan Dosho says, thanks, Frank, and thanks, Jay. All the best to you and yours. Same. Americana Beauty, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, Frank, Jay, and all the Franklies out there. God bless. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Uh, NJSF, the single most impactful change that could be done in America is banning of pharma commercials. I'm with you, and I've said it a lot. I said I would much rather see Virginia Slim commercials still on television and and then then having what we have going on i think this is so much more egregious than uh, uh you know camel joe we're only one of two countries on the planet that allows it us in new zealand so it's, it can it's be horrible. done it, it is done it's horrible <laughs> uh crockett man happy thanksgiving i'm grateful for all that you do your family your friends guests audience share thank you um that's what we have. Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal again. So I've introduced six new Franklies by way of background beer pong. Really? <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Jay and Frank. Well, he- hello to all the new Franklies from beer pong. Uh, let's see. Castle Drummer. Thank you. Cave Toad with a fleet. Yes, please. Mr. Washington's birthday. Get Matt, too. I'm going to have to tell them. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Sean Joe. Sean Joe again. They're all getting subscriptions now and gifting them to each other. Frank, I feel like I might be a bacon slut. Especially, especially after the bacon from Peterson's Farm that we had at the retreat. Dude. Holy mackerel. <laughs> that stuff was serious. The chef's name was Anthony? Yes. Dude. So good. Uh, he he was, I mean, he prepared that bacon yeah. beautifully. And of course, obviously, it's just quality. Neil reached product. out to me the other day, the rancher, and asked me, how, you know, how did everybody, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it was potentially the highlight of the weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. And the fact that that so much was cooked that some of it made appearances later on in the week, that was great there. Uh, I want to show people how to be able to do this on a budget and create creative leftovers, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amethyst Cat said, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you, Amethyst. And then Bacon Slut comes back and says, can you ask if eating one pound of organic bacon a day is healthy? <laughs> one pound. I mean, look, if the bacon is high quality, it's like it, it's like pretty much every other meat so go for it if it makes you happy uh, well, it, 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 okay are you is, replacing other things right because remember this is like you're you're by virtue of including all this meat like with the carnivore diets they're also displacing a whole bunch of useless empty calories so you know that's really important. is there a is there any limit to the fat content of a piece of meat because bacon is a very fatty meat sure um, you know, what's it called? Lamb can be very, very fatty. Grass-fed tends to be leaner in general animals because, yeah. you know, because grain finishing fattens animals up. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say like like everything, there's a, there's a threshold, but I, I couldn't give you a number because you're going to know. You're going to know based on your satiety. You're going to know based on your body composition, right? Like ketogenic diets are great, but some people mistake them for the unlimited amount of calories they want from fat that's not exactly how it works the idea is that just consume the fat that you would consume on the animal naturally no need to add in you know six sticks of butter right along with them you know what i mean like that's the idea but if you're if your protein will slow you down it will satiate you along with the fat so if you can eat a whole pound of bacon i'm going to go on a limb and also say there's probably not a lot of other things you're going to be able to eat because that's a lot of protein so um it's not necessarily, I wouldn't want to do that because I like bacon to be more of a, a special thing, mm-hmm. but certainly would rather have you do that than eating a pound of Pop-Tarts a day. Yeah, well, I'm with <laughs> you on that one. And you know what I love, again, that was one of the first big um, victory for Lauren and I with, with Aurora it was, oh, she loves bacon. Yeah. That's good. The fact that I she you know I say hey you want some of my bacon and she and then dude she will 
throw down with bacon. And <laughs> then and then she gave Daddy's steak a try, and she loved the steak. Yes. And then she, uh, you know, she, she goes, every once in a while we have luck with chicken. Every once in a while. But um, I'm happy that we've had some good luck with, with beef. She, she does the meatballs thing, Great. and we're getting there. That's she, awesome. She loves things like cucumbers. Great. She loves cut-up cucumbers. Real food, man. Just keep her away as long as you can from the... The silly little kid foods, which there's really no such thing, like goldfish crackers are just a play thing. They're not real food. You, I mean, she's going to get exposed to it eventually, but I always tell parents, just give them real food as long as you can while their brain is developing, while they are developing, mm. and they will thank you someday for that, even if they don't realize it now. Uh, well, I'm hoping for it. I yeah. really am. And we have some super, ch- uh, two more over here. Jay Britt says, Spike Facts. <laughs> It's going to create a new trend here. Spike facts. Spike facts. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get Anthony in then on this. We create some kind of a tune I'd love about to. It. Yeah. I'd love to. He's still working tonight. All right. Um, uh, Justin Polgar from Yes Cacao. Hey. That, uh, not, not only a wonderful contributor to the show, a wonderful contributor to Jay's work now. It was so great to have a Yes Cacao presence at the health retreat. So good. Um, I, I ate his organ chocolate uh, faster than any other chocolate he's ever made. I don't know what it was it just it tasted it was the creamiest so good it was the best thing he did everyone loved it he uh, did a great job and i'm just shocked because <laughs> everything else he did is great too but i thought that this was going to be the one where i said okay justin you've gone too far when him and i talked about it at KetoCon, <laughs> the, the the looks that i was he was like i'm hearing this from too many people I've, i'm gonna have to do this and i was like i felt like i was gonna have to calm him down i'm like i promise you this is gonna work out and he did such an amazing job well you know i because you you gave me um you gave me some you, everybody had a little bit of a going home present mm-hmm. and you gave me a his and a hers so Lauren can have one yeah, too. Yeah. Well obviously Lauren was not going to come anywhere near to that chocolate she's th- taking things little by little uh-huh. but I'll tell you I offered a little bit to Aurora the the one, the, the, the hers chocolate yeah, yeah. and she she threw it. she loved it. Yes. You know? That's great. So I said, well, I gotta, Come on, Lauren. I kind of. <laughs> Come on, Lauren. What are you doing? You're killing me. You know, I'm going to be coming over soon. We're going to have to have a talk. I know. That's going to be great. <laughs> That's going to be great. We'll have a whole night. Become bearing gifts. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, Justin says, There's no place my ears would rather be. Woo-hoo. Thank you, Frank and Jay, and blessings to all the Franklies with a glorious holiday. Orion and Orea thought the leaky gut leaky slut clip was funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. I keep forgetting. <laughs> nice job, Frank. Thank you for the lols. Uh, grab some Yes Cacao for your health and pleasure. Yes, please. And thank you so much, my friend, for not only the friendship, but the, the generosity. I really appreciate you. Um, everybody out there who sent in Super Chats tonight to be a part of this tonight, stay in touch over the weekend. Quite frankly, superchat.com, that you can do that there. But email is always open, and I hope you have wonderful, wonderful Thanksgivings. Now, uh, with that, um, what else are we going to say? There's going to be a lot more clips of this show being made. Ooh. Beca- oh, Lauren just said, oh, no, Jay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not coming over tonight, so you're okay for right. tonight, Lauren. You're That's okay it. tonight. Lock the doors. <laughs> Jay's coming over with liver. <laughs> I go everywhere with liver, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just crazy. It's like you're like the MacGyver of organs. <laughs> Oh God, MacGyver was my favorite show when I was a kid. Yeah, I I loved. I, yeah. Well, I only really got the the reruns, but I had a good time with that Great too. Show. Um, that's all we have. That's all we have for our Thanksgiving primer. I hope you guys had a, a good time. I know I did. And um, Friday we will be back with Tony Black in the first half with my mom. In the second half, it's going to be not only Matt. I think Anthony's going to stop in, stop in and Jay. 
when you hear I, I already have so much that I have planned for Friday night. It's just going to be variety of, of things and funny shit and weird stuff. But Anthony just told us a story today that just unfolded in his, uh, uh, in his, the quite, the, the, uh, the 10 second songs, Anthony Vincent sphere of influence uh -huh. that is so disturbing. Oh no. It's, it has to do with AI. <gasps> yeah. It's, I cannot wait to talk about this story on Friday night with Anthony. I know that you're going to, you're going to be flabbergasted. Okay. I'll be tuning in. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and please send all of our best to your family in Boston. I will. Especially, I will. especially the brothers. They're all listening probably right now. Yes. And um, and that's all we uh, that's all we have for the rest of the night. All right. <laughs> Do me a favor. Yeah. Tomorrow, if you're on my Substack, perpetualhealth.substack.com, there's going to be a special gift for all of you for free. So it doesn't matter whether you're a supporter or free, go there. And then also the last thing, the Rumble channel, you, the Quite Frankly audience is amazing. And so I, I sort of made this promise to myself, and now I'm going to tell you publicly. Once we hit 1,000 subscribers on Rumble, I'm going to start doing at least monthly live stream Q&As. I promise I'm not going to do them at 7 Eastern time. Uh, but I want to do Q&As for people so that we can sort of take the super chat thing that we do here. And we can take it to another level, and you guys can get some information free of charge. So... Get that Rumble page up. Um, I'm probably going to drag Daryl, who I do the podcast with on Substack. I'm probably going to drag her on because she's great with female health and hormones and everything. So we're going to do some Q&As. So get that Rumble channel up. Once we hit 1,000, we're going to start doing Q&As and just give you guys some more free content and access. So, And, and if you guys are wondering what his uh, Rumble is, I have included that as the main link oh, yes. in the description of this episode. So just go to the description on the podcast or I'm on Rumble because as you all know, that even though that we are investing time and effort into getting independent with the streaming and, and, and having a place that can be uncorrupted by the outside world and all the variables that come out of left field sometimes, despite all of that this show in its entirety is archived on rumble on BitChute, on rockfin and of course through so many podcast platforms that i've forgotten how many we are on so uh, wherever you are go into the description and you will see the link to jay's rumble let's get him to a thousand subscribers because uh because uh, this is definitely one of those voices in 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 his field that i would love to see amplified more and more over the coming years and jay uh we will see you sounds like in a couple of weeks to talk about george washington's death I'm going to go home and do my homework. All right, brother. All right. Everybody, have a wonderful night. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Look out for me on uh, YouTube tomorrow, sometime around midday or a little bit afterwards, Eastern time. I will be doing a back porch stream with a cigar as I have a little bit of a lull before between my morning engagement and our dinner that we are hosting around 5.30 in the evening. So um, I will be dropping in on you all sometime around midday on YouTube uh, for a little bit of a porch stream. So look out for that. Thank you guys and gals. And until next time, until Black Friday, enjoy. Also, oh, one last thing. Tomorrow on Thanksgiving on QuiteFrankly.tv, powered by Pilled, powered by Foxhole, uh, we will be giving you a loop of several full 1990s Thanksgiving Day parades, Macy's Thanksgiving Day parades <laughs> that will be uh, that will be so much more better than watching the, uh, the 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 crap that you are fed now 
in the mornings in New York in modern day. Uh, so that'll be going, I'm sure, la- later in the evening. Planes, trains, and automobiles will be on. Maybe Christmas vacation. Maybe, oh, man. Maybe Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. Uh, so we're thinking about a really great full day's worth of uh, of programming for QuiteFrankly.tv, powered by Pilled. Uh, and, 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 and that's just a, a general suggestion. Tomorrow morning, go on YouTube or anywhere. YouTube is where I found an incredible archive of these parades. They're on average two hours and 20 minutes long. Jay, all the 90s, late 80s, the full parades are on YouTube. And it is such a, it feels so good. Do they have have context warnings? Oh, no, you think so. (laughs) You think it's like, you know. Trigger warning. Like when you watch. Too much freedom. (laughs) You you watch (laughs) all the old old Disney films. (laughs) Exactly. These have outdated depictions, cultural depictions of blah, blah, blah. blah. Aladdin, right? Uh, It's everything. It's everything. Yeah. It's everything. And control. um, But it's so great to watch it because going back and watching those parades, you realize that, oh, look at that. There's, There's black people. There's white people. There's living, living there's, in harmony. There's brown people. They, they, they're all... Wait, they're, wait, wait. They were together without a diversity, we equity, were, and inclusion agent you, forcing them together? You would think... Are you sure? Based on what we I live through today... You. I don't believe you. Based on what we live through today, you would think that there would be grocery store divider bars in between <laughs> all of them so that they never came together. You know? Seriously. It, it, it's, it's, it's just wonderful yeah. to be reminded that we are not going nuts. Yeah. That life was not worse the 90s was awesome man it wasn't for music you know there's so much yeah put that on tomorrow instead of the crap you can go through there's so many years you can dip into and uh if you just want to you know put it on autopilot and let quite frankly tv uh take it away for you then we would be we'd be happy to oblige uh for tonight have a wonderful evening and we will talk to you very very soon i'll catch you on the flip side Quite frankly, is filled before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters, Jay Britz, Justin Frank Polgar, One Hit Wonders, which is really Sentinel, Stostube, Katie Sky, American Girl, Jay Britz, Katie Sky, Erica Berica, Shotzi, and all of our wonderful friends on Pill.net with the gold pills. Too much, too much to list right here. And thank you to Fred Awakening on the Rumble Rants. We will see you on Friday. Have a wonderful day peaceful, serene Thanksgiving. Take care.